special roundtable episode this week. We're talking about Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. A uh, little film came out this weekend, or this week, which we got to see on opening night. Um, Say what? Yeah, we've got uh, our usual roundtable hosts here. I'm Eddie. Uh, this is Sam, as the finger goes me. Bryce. And I don't want to walk away from this wreck. <laughs> no. Um, actually, this isn't a wreck. Uh, this is going to be a fun... Give me the most professional one yet, I think. Uh, oh, I'm not saying anything about that. Yeah. Um, Actually, before we get much further, I should warn you, this show comes with an explicit tag, and we really try our best to earn that fucker when we do roundtables. <laughs> <Fuck>. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, specifically with the jokes of Portes coming from Bryce. Yeah. Mm, you can yeah, expect sure. rape, yeah. incest, possibly, you know, bigotry, but, time. you know, all good-natured, of course. Also, it should be noted before we get too far into this that um, this is going to contain spoilers of all of the movie yeah yeah um if you haven't figured that out listening to our shows in the past you're dumber than i gave you credit for but uh. guys <laughs> guys guys bruce wayne is fucking batman what Whoa. he's Dude. fucking oh my yeah. god you don't bury the lead do you spoilers <laughs> and alfred's uh, his father and like uh god damn it <laughs> So yeah, um, <laughs> we we checked this movie out uh, the day before opening night, I guess officially, because officially it opened on the twenty fifth, and our tickets were on the twenty fourth. I don't makes, know why they do that, and, and it doesn't make any sense too. Because well, it was it's midnight. Not like, shows? It's not like we got it at midnight. Yeah. I mean, they had shows at six o'clock on the twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah. It's not like which, which it's isn't midnight even midnight on the East Coast. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like they're saying, "Hey, sign up for you know some free some screening tickets so you can come and see it beforehand." I feel like, like media or something. I feel like they do that to pad opening weekends for yeah, big because movies. those ticket sales all go into the weekend box and not yeah yeah. Which um, yeah. so I guess to kick things off, we should probably know by now that um, this has been a fairly divisive movie. Movie um, Rotten Tomatoes, it's at thirty percent right now. Critics, <sighs> critic. Critics, critically on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at thirty percent. The last time I looked at um, IMDb, I think it had it at like seven, seventy. You know? Yeah, what are the user? We're actually down at twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes now for critic reviews. God, but we're holding strong at seventy three percent audience reviews. Which and I think that right there, audience reception is much more important, especially for this fair. Critics yeah. and audience, whatever. Uh, it, it's made one hundred eighty nine million dollars as of uh, Friday. Holy and I just shit. want to point this shit out. Batman vs. Superman is rated higher than My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, which is also a sequel. So By 4%? Yeah. So Damn. I really think that we're coming out on top. Well, that that was how I decided what we were going to go see this week. So <laughs> we were this close to talking about that instead. Uh, Mazel tov, motherfuckers. It also is beating London Has Fallen. Ooh. Um, okay. It's tied with the perfect match and beating the... I believe it's the third installment of the Diversion series. It, is that in rates yeah. or, or money or critic uh, reviews? Just critic reviews. Just critic reviews. On money, oh, too. Wow. wow. Apparently, though, Miracles from Heaven is beating it out. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah, if we're going to oh, go God. that direction, though, Miracles from Heaven is beating it. So is Zootopia, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Deadpool is actually um, not money-wise, but obviously this is critic, critic reviews. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool got high reviews. And the uh, Tina Fey... Uh, docu comedy sort of is is uh whiskey tango foxtrot is is beating it as well at 63 percent which as the probably the only person in this room which went to go see that movie is pretty good isn't it nice i've heard good things yeah but anyway that's that's not the really really here to talk about Uh, (laughs) next week next week when god's not dead part two comes out that'll be the real test 
Ooh. Ooh. God's not dead. That's got Melissa that the... Joan Hart and Jesse oh, yeah. Metcalf. Jesus you can't Christ. beat casting like that. <laughs> Sold. Oh, oh my um, God. All right. So um, let's let's get a general feel me. for the room uh, as as we go around uh, before before we really get into deep discussion on it. Uh, Eddie, overall. Overall, I'm gonna say it's probably a six or a seven. The movie's got quite a few flaws that are pretty obvious, especially out in retrospect. But I could not help but be just absolutely gripped to the screen the whole fucking movie. So, Bryce? so I I got it at four stars out of five. Uh, and really, we'll get into it more. But but unevenness at the beginning was what kind of dropped that star for me. Um, I think the second half of the movie uh, really killed it pretty much. Sam? Um, to go along with Bryce, I did four out of five stars as well. I think for me, the thematic materials were really well done, and I think the tone of the movie was set really well. I agree with the fact that the beginning and the opening was just too slow. But one thing I really did like was that they didn't waste a whole crap load of time on the Bruce Wayne backstory for his parents, and they did it pretty briefly. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I want to give the filmmaker uh, kudos to because he could have wasted a crap load of our time with that. Um, yeah, I, in fact, when I, when I did my Rotten Tomatoes, uh, audience review, uh, I gave it four out of five as well, um, which lands me a eight out of 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and honestly, if I was, I was scaling it on a, on a level of 10, it would probably be a seven. We rather did half than an star eight. or down. That's fine. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're so professional here. Yeah. You come to the whatever you show I'm, for the I'm, I'm glad I gave you 10 minutes to give us a 4 out of 5 rating or 4 out of 5 rating and then uh you make noises throughout my <laughs> overall synopsis. Uh, uh anyway, uh, yeah, so 4 out of 5, 7 or 8 out of 10, that's where I landed as well. Um let's I guess start with where Sam kind of started out. Uh, we open the movie with actually the uh the Bruce Wayne story. We could We actually it. we actually open it with Ben Affleck though. Uh, kind of narrating us, guiding us into the movie, which I actually thought was kind of a cool touch. Because, well, and it really goes to show that this was a Batman movie, not a Superman movie. Uh, so, I would concur. Yeah, 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 we 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 just could have skipped that altogether. Like that was one of the few things that was not in any way, shape, or form different from the traditional telling. Was completely unnecessary to the film. I didn't mind. It was it. artistic. It was fine. It here's was well here's done, the thing. I think I think because this is a new universe. Um, this is not the Nolan verse. This is also not the. Uh, you know, other previous Batman universe oh, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of want to shove it in there at least just, yeah, it's, it's important well, for, for the reason that I, I think the most important reason that it's in there is that this is not a Batman we've seen before. The Batman yeah. in this is definitely different in a number of ways that we'll start to get into, but not, not so just it's, that. It's good I would also argue that we say that at least the, the important part of this scene doesn't you don't really get the reveal until later on but the important part is thomas wayne saying martha right and that right there that's all they needed and that right there to me when i was in the movie theater that's what i connected at two points in the movie the importance for that scene was that just that one utterance and so they could have cut it down to your point eddie it wasn't needed they definitely could have cut it down here's here's what else i liked about that scene obviously um this is the movie is is set in in present time and so they kind of set the stage that the events that happened happened in the in the seventies, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, eighty one, nineteen eighty one, yeah. Mm. Which Bruce would have been born in the seventies, I guess, is where I was. Fair yeah. enough. Fine. Um, <laughs> no, so it, was, it did set the stage in nineteen eighty one. How does it feel that you're like as old as Batman? Um, he's forty. Hello. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what have you got? Like two, three more years? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was forty when he was going, he was forty when he was cast. I think he's like forty two now. So yeah. Um. Anyway. Um, I also liked what they did as far as um, the pearls have always kind of been a thing. That was yeah, and, it was really and I good, well, really really done, liked yeah. how um, instead of just being ripped from her neck and whatnot, they got caught on the slide from the gun and yeah. and broke it. And oh god, yes, that was that was to me that was kind of neat. I was like, well, I haven't seen that before. See, this is another thing I think I said before we ever even saw the movie. Like when we were like, I don't know if this is going to be good or not. It's probably going to be good, but um, I said it then, and this remains incredibly true. Um, even if the movie sucked, which I'm not saying it sucked, but we knew it was going to be a visual treat going in. Like, oh, yeah. that's the one thing that Snyder is without a doubt great at. Like he really does visual spectacle very, very well. Yeah. Um, the style, that, that was, the style of the movie was, was beautiful. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm going to add something at the beginning of this podcast. Um, I have been well known to not be in approval of Zach's choices of, of color saturation for man of steel. Yeah, this yeah. movie I did not have as much of a problem with. Um, obviously, no, it wasn't as bad. Well, yeah. a lot of the movie was dark, whereas mm-hmm. Man of Steel you had a lot more light involved. True. Um, so you didn't really have to worry about as much during the dark scenes. But what really, what I liked the most is this time Superman's costume actually popped, like it had color yeah. to it, and to me that makes all the difference as, as far sure. as Superman goes. Well, sure. and I think that to go along with that, I really like the way. Because the themes in this mo- this movie were completely just dark and off the charts dark. They're based on stories which are disturbing. And Superman provides kind of a light backdrop. And so that is something that he was doing, I think. And I think it came off really, really well. Right. Yeah, for the most part. Actually, um, I'll give that one. Uh, that was actually one of the things I wish they would have done a little bit more of. Like... Uh, when we get to the end, it'll be kind of, kind of a little bit more clear what I'm talking about here. But um, Superman is really supposed to be a really stark contrast to Bruce and Batman. And in this movie, it he's not quite as starkly different as I would have liked. Personality-wise, no. Yeah, he's he, in this movie, he's just, I don't want to say mopey, but he comes across just a little bit more mopey than I would have liked. So here's my take on that. And a lot of people give um, Man of Steel shit for this as well. Um, this is a much darker Clark Kent oh, and, is, and Superman. Yeah. The only the only thing I I think is really wrong with the um, hate toward that this version of Superman is that in 2016 we're not as pre-programmed to expect uh, lightheartedness and campiness and everything's okay because this is the 50s or whatnot. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's we live in a time where people are more cynical overall, and especially people that would be in a world where there's a Superman now. You know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? Yes, and I totally get that. But Captain America. Yeah, but I think Captain America—that's that's Marvel, all right. Well, we can't. Well, first, I, mean, I want to say this first and foremost: Captain America is balanced really, really well by Tony Stark. Well, Tony Stark has a lot of dark moralities to him. He is the snarky kid, uh, you know, down the street that your good friend is kind of balanced with. Whereas Superman. Like when you he he originated fighting bankers in the 1930s, you know, and he is this campy, and now he's not. I I like this version, but I'm not happy with it. This is so okay. The thing about Captain America though is that in the in the MCU, like we haven't really been given an opportunity necessarily to see what the general public fees thinks about 
him or any of the other characters, really. I mean, obviously, I think we're going to get a taste of that coming up in Civil War and everything. But this movie was actually about the people and about the reaction and whatnot. So, so also, Captain America in the Marvel Universe is literally a product of the 30s and 40s. That's when he was born. That's when he grew up. In this universe for DC, Superman, there's no there's no time stretch there. Like, he is at his calendar age in 2016. Right. He, he grew up in yeah. that time period. So He's, he's going to be the guy that listens to grunge music with you yeah, in the that, 1990s and is all mopey and melancholy because, you know, here comes Kurt Cobain. He killed himself and everybody's sad. So that's who this guy is. Well, I'm more, I'm more talking about audience reception to that idea. Like, I think they could have made Superman a brighter character. Like, I know that's kind of been the story was with Snyder is that, uh, you know, we're talking about a new Superman and it's fine. Like, this is a lot. A lot of the criticism I'm reading of this movie generally come down to uh, um, a couple of different categories and one of them is definitely that this isn't your mom's superman um like this is definitely a, a different take on superman this is a and we're gonna i'm sure talk a lot about this this is a drastically different take on batman um maybe not as much from the comics that we've seen some of the comics that we've read but certainly from any of the the film properties we've seen yeah. this is a drastically different batman it's and it is drastically different from the comic books in one way yeah and and that like we might as well just get to it now like batman doesn't give a fuck if people die kind of i mean he doesn't necessarily kill them well bad but he guys, also doesn't sort of, not yeah. kill them mostly bad guys <laughs> yeah yeah um he definitely yeah. doesn't mind you know ramming people's cars on top through, of other people's cars and through things faces. and yeah. through and buildings and shit and if he takes a weapon from a bad guy including a gun like he will use it he doesn't necessarily directly shoot other people or if he does he shoots them in the arm and whatnot but then when he's flying around in his little bat jet he, he was just lighting fuckers he up. He was just, that. yeah, he just lit shit up. And if people happen to be in the explosion, well, fuck him. He's, like, got the, he's got the yeah. Michael Keaton gun on the jet, you know? Right. And to be honest, to me, that's a sensibility that really fits today's day and age. Well, it's not even necessarily that, but they did pull a lot from The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller in this. And he yes. was more violent and uh, gave less fucks about whether people got seriously hurt in, in his efforts to fight crime. See, that the okay there's a couple of thoughts i want to get out real quick the dark knight returns um one of the things about that book is that he's certainly more violent but nowhere even close to this this batman the the snyder batman is is by far more violent and and what made the dark knight returns batman more violent wasn't necessarily that it was any more violent it was just that it was showing you that like uh batman's basically a ninja and when you punch somebody in the fucking throat like they don't like it's not like a walk it off type of injury most of the time and that's the kind of shit that batman does all the time they just never highlighted it in the way that the dark knight returns did yeah he's 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 put some brain damage on some dudes yeah um you know like in the dark knight returns it was a uh, uh, like a line he's like oh he'll walk again you know like yeah. <laughs> that so well, that's... you know what just occurred to me there'd be a great te- if they want to keep doing these medical dramas you need to do like the gotham batman ward yeah and just every Everybody that gets the shit shit beat out of them do the recovery. Like if they're gonna do a a a super meta Batman show, like they're doing (laughs) with the uh, Marvel cleanup crew that we talked about a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, the second thought I have here is this is one of the problems that I have a little bit with the movie because I think they could have told this a little bit better. And this is that I really strongly believe what we're setting up with this movie and Batman and how brutally violent he is in this movie and how he basically gives no fucks about killing people is that uh, that's that's going to be a major story arc for Bruce. Like, when we start out the movie, Bruce, uh, um, as Batman, Batman really, is going around branding people uh, um, and shit well, like and that, which... To this point, what I really think that 
uh, kind of lends to this. And we see this with the revelation of a Robin costume in the in the Batcave that is scrawled on it, stuff from the Joker, is the mentality of the Batman after the death in the family story arc in the 1980s. When Jason Todd is beat to death by the Joker, we do see a period in time. He doesn't kill people, but he gives zero fucks, and we do see a lot more violence from Batman at that point so, in time. This is, this is kind of what I'm hoping for, because we're supposed to get a Batman movie. Obviously, I think in 2018 is when that's supposed to happen. Oh, I got a tease for the next show. We're going to talk a little bit more about this very topic because uh, Ben Affleck was recently rumored to be in talks with a certain comic book writer <gasps> that we're big fans of at the Whatever Show oh, uh, about <laughs> the Batman movie. That would be a certain guy named Jeff Johns. No uh, fucking way. You just got me hard as hell. Here's the thing, uh. guys. Jeff Johns is actually pretty heavily involved in a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Like, he yeah, obviously doesn't, doesn't have me. as much control over these movies um, because Zack Snyder tends to, like... Let it's David kind of like, in, in baseball terms, it's kind of like when the Angels have a general manager, but they also have Mike Sosha as their coach. It doesn't really matter what the general manager wants because Mike Sosha is going to do what Mike Sosha is going to do. Nobody's going to get that <laughs> reference. No, no, <laughs> except for uh, the two of you. Yeah, yeah but yeah. It, so it's, it's sort just, of it's just me that's not getting it. right. It's, it's, uh, yeah. It sort of is is what I was trying to allude to a little bit earlier with the uh, that it was important that they kind of showed us the the Batman intro because this is a different Batman. This is a Batman that's seen some shit. This is a Batman that is jaded, and this is definitely an Alfred that is extremely jaded um i like this alfred but oh, i did too Jeremy to, irons is fantastic to eddie's point though about this bruce wayne and whether like in and the fact that we're probably going to end up where bruce comes to a crossroads about his actions and whatnot um this is what we don't know we don't know if bruce wayne did have a uh or, or batman had a had a gentler touch in the past because we mm -hmm. he mentions twice during the movie that this is like 20 years he's been doing this at this point yeah um, See, but I got okay. I got an answer for that because I I do definitely think we we saw a gentler Batman, uh, or we didn't see, but we would have if we went back ten years and saw it. There's a couple of things where they kind of talk about this in the movie. So number one is um, branding is the, a relatively new thing, right. and you can hear Alfred. Uh, God, I can't remember the line, but Alfred sort of admonishes him in that it's in the trailer actually, um, where Alfred's sort of saying like, you know, this is what turns good men into you know unreasonably cruel or something like that yeah um so there's that thing about this this the secondary thing is you can hear it like ben, ben affleck does a great job as bruce wayne when he talks about you know 20 years in gotham and the criminals just keep getting stronger and then and we've the got, good men don't stay good yeah and the good men yeah. don't stay good and then um we've got a um superman coming into the world and wrecking the wayne tower you know basically like all of this work that Batman's been doing, all of this shit that Batman's been trying to do for the last 20 years, I think he's basically seeing as ineffective. It doesn't matter. He, he says in one point in the movie, like, this is finally my chance to make some real change. Like, right. or, you know, paraphrase roughly, but he said, this is finally my chance to do something for the world. Um, and that's, you know, when he's planning on killing Superman. Now, final piece of this puzzle, which really makes me think that we're definitely going to see this as part of Bruce's arc. Um, at the end of the movie, uh, which we'll get back to in a second, uh, Bruce has an interaction with Lex, and he's getting ready to brand the shit out of Lex, and he doesn't. Um, so he withholds that, and I think that's because the, the final scene in the movie, one of the big things that does is inspire Bruce to go back to his um, you know, fighting for justice rather than you know, vengeance, brutality. Right. Yeah, well, I, I mean, would, I would the definitely start agree. Of the, uh, 
it is the dawn of justice, right. as, yeah. as it so were. I, I think that was another movie. Well, that, I that think that that one that just... of the things that we got to look at, though, is Bruce is in this dark mentality, and we see this alien come along that destroys, and they, and they go back to Man of Steel, and they show the destruction of the Wayne building in Metropolis. And so we see that he's furious, and his fury is going to be aimed at Superman now because Superman represents this this other, this scary thing, which he can now confront physically and straight up and have a lot of backing for in, you know, the not necessarily the media probably, but maybe the populace. And it, and so we he's tapping into that xenophobic idea behind uh, crowd-type mentalities. And so I think this is what we're getting him doing during most of the movie. This is this is kind of one of those scenes that uh, cracks me up because it's kind of like the equivalent of, of Back to the Future Two when the back when that movie opens with the the end of Back to the Future mm-hmm. One. With, Marty, we gotta go back and to the future. Yeah, and and then the only thing that's really different is Biff comes shambling out from the a flying DeLorean. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> only in this case it's Bruce Wayne that comes shambling out and right, is right. like glowering at the. At the tower and whatnot, which I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm not making I'm not making fun of the performance because that was that was a fantastic scene actually. No, it was, um, yeah. And they um, did a super great job of tying that back to Man of Steel. Well, that was one of the one of everybody's bitch points about Man of Steel was like they're like there was so much shit destroyed. How come nobody's okay, accountable for but that, motherfuckers? I've been saying this since Man of Steel came out. This will be a plot point in right. the next Superman movie. Exactly. This will be a thing that they address, and they addressed it wonderfully in Dawn of Justice. Yeah, it's not forgotten. It's sort of the reason for the whole damn movie. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is a like it's a big part of the reason the movie even exists. Like, not only do you have the hate from Batman about you know wrecking the whole city, which again is just sort of a, misunderstood. Like, it's not like uh, Kal El had a choice. You know, like. He didn't, you know, consciously decide to just well, totally wreck Metropolis. His choice was destroy the world or or let see the world destroyed. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe a, a Superman in the you know in the part of his career where Batman's at in this movie might have been able to sit, uh, stave off all that destruction, but brand new Superman can't really fight that shit. Well, um, and also you got to look at you got to remember the newscast that went out in Man of Steel. You know, turn over to us, surrender to us, and we will spare earth and that's what bruce wayne sees he doesn't go up in and talk to general zod and doesn't see that general zod is like we're gonna fucking terraform you fuckers and kill every earthling so like you're getting this you should have sacrificed yourself for the good of earth which he probably truly believes yeah and it's it's really funny too because um both of these characters don't like each other without ever having met each other it's like a lot of things like the previews and stuff really made this movie out to be like batman has a mat on for superman and that's kind of the basis for the story but uh clark kent slash superman got no love for batman either oh no so it's honestly that's one of my my points that made it you know drop from a five star to a four star is because they spend way too long like setting up the reasons that they don't like each other i mean that i feel like i feel like a lot of the first part of the movie is spent finding reasons that that they won't like well, each other. Well, and this is this is where they went away from the script of the storyboard, if you will, of of the Dark Knight Returns, because that movie is obviously a set with a much older Batman than what we have in Ben Affleck, although he is he is definitely more seasoned. He's still older, yeah. yeah. And and then, but we we don't have the same world that that pulls from, so we have to set something else up. And I get where you're coming from. It it, it seemed like it was almost counterproductive to have the two of them being at odds with one another rather than just one of them going, hey. 
Or, I mean, even, it seemed like they kept on, every scene was about finding another reason that Batman doesn't like Superman. Superman doesn't like Batman. See, this, right. this is a thing I think I have a problem more with the movie itself because that didn't bother me. What bothered me, um, like, it didn't bother me that we got that whole thing leading up to it because, frankly, like, I love these characters and I could watch them, you know, probably just, like, eating cookies and stuff all day. But um, What kind of cookies? What, chocolate chip? I don't oh, know. Yeah. One of them would be pissed and be like, Definitely you put raisins in my chocolate chip cookies and then that's how we got <laughs> to Batman. Oh, real chocolate chip. chip. Fuck this. See, I'm okay. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also fine. Yeah. But the, the problem, communist. the problem I had with the film itself was, uh, it's resolved in like, well, I don't know, 45 seconds of screen time. Like they, they go from completely hating each other and fucking each other up to like, Martha. Oh yeah. We both have mothers. Wow. No shit. And then, uh, we're all cool now. So anyway, we'll come back to that in but a second. That did but did seem like kind of a on. pretty quick turn. Yeah, we're yeah. all yeah, I, would, I would agree. Absolutely. That was one of the minute. things, the quick turn. Yeah. We're going to come back in a minute. Oh, that's true. All right, folks, we're help, back. Because that's a big, giant wing. Mm-hmm. And what? we're talking about a big, giant wing. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what else were we going to talk about? We're not about? even that far into the bottle yet, guys. Like, we, we should probably get a little bit more in there before we go all homoerotic. Um, Absolutely right, not. So let's get into the movie yeah. in that case then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, okay, so we had a, we had a, an, an opening um, as we mentioned, somewhat brief opening of the telling of of the backstory of Bruce Wayne and all that good stuff. Um, and then we go to the desert, right? Yeah, just it zips us right out into the desert without actually telling us what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, where we see Lois. Lois goes out to the desert, really, and we kind of mm-hmm. follow her along. This is this is this is a point of contention with me for the movie, and that is that Lois Lane in this, um, as strong of a character as she was in Man of Steel, she tends to be a little bit damsel and distressy in this movie. Oh yeah, during the last say third act of the movie, for sure, like she doesn't need to be there at all. Yeah, like she needs to be there for maybe one scene, and then no, 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 that's that's not true. Exactly what I said. The last third of the movie, there's just no point in her being there. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. Lois, yeah, I don't know, but it, at the same time, she's being set up to be a damsel in distress, and that's yeah, yeah. sort of the point. And yeah, I think that we're like this, I think in the desert scene, yes, she's being set up. She's being but, set up, well, but I think the way that she like we've already talked about how Amy Adams isn't necessarily the ideal Lois Lane in my mind. Um, you know, and, it's weird because I think that most of the time, and then there's the bathtub scene, and I'm totally okay with her. Well, yeah, see, that's the other like, thing too. You put like a hot girl in a bathtub, and I'm pretty much okay with that girl doing anything she wants to do at that moment in time. I wasn't really um, a big fan of Amy Adams as Lois from Man of Steel, but for some reason, I liked her a lot more in this movie. So, like, I think she did a fine job as Lois. Um, it's really just with the the whole um, writing aspect of the last third of the movie, really. Yeah, um, that water was way too murky. For me, that like, water was way too murky. I, I, I like, don't appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I well, like there's the a three-hour way... director's cut coming out. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like the if way that's that the whole Lois... other half hour. I'm, I'm yeah, I know. I'm good at that. <laughs> I like the way that Lois is portrayed. Like she is the investigative reporter. She follows up on some of her leads. She does her homework, and this is really well done. But for me, the damsel in distress, like she goes from this woman who's finding things out and doing this to not necessarily helpless, but or dependent upon Superman, but like she's just there to be part of the scenery. Here's here's my problem with it. Lois Lane was already kind of uh like a like a pit bull when it came to being a, re- a reporter. You know what I mean? Um, and so in the two years since since Clark debuted as Superman, we don't really yeah. expect that to change that much. 
but he has to savor an awful lot these days. I mean, what was going on before he was Superman? You know what I mean? That's kind of the only part problem I have with her all of a sudden being the the girl who needs to be saved a lot. And as Eddie mm-hmm. said, that goes to writing, not Amy Adams, of course. Um, yeah. So there's another interesting part of this scene, too, that um, in the movie, this is another thing that, like, I just, as I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, but in retrospect, it kind of, again, paints the picture that we're looking at a different version of these characters and that's that when lois um is you know basically stuck we got the whole mexican standoff uh um and you can see them you know give each other that's uh superman and lois give each other a look before superman rams the dude through a fucking wall like a freight train two walls there is no way there was anything left but mash after that happened so like this is clearly a different you know because as much as batman didn't kill Superman really didn't kill. Like, right. Superman um, was the guy who well, like got kittens out of the tree for you. Hey, you never know. He could he could have hit the guy and then and then turned so that his back went through the walls a yeah. couple times, which he's totally like, would have taught that like, dude a lesson. Lo- Lois, this is gonna look cool <laughs> as shit. So well, here's here's my problem with this scene, and that is, you don't understand that it's supposed to be a setup to make it look like Superman was responsible for those other people in that mm-hmm. camp dying. Until they actually walk you through it and tell you that in the movie. And my understanding is that um, in the director's cut, that is that is actually a scene that got cut quite a bit. And Zack Snyder hinted at it, the director's cut possibly having a more cohesive scene. See, that actually didn't bother me so much. What bothered me about that was how stupid the idea that he did it was. Like, Superman doesn't go around shooting people. You know, yeah, like, that was one thing right. that stuck with me too, is they're like, hey, all these people got shot in the desert. But Superman yeah. doesn't use a gun, and yeah, every unless they shot him and then dropped a tank on all of the bodies, like it doesn't, like there's nothing about that that's like, oh yeah, that's Superman's doing. And he doesn't ride off in the middle of the desert on yeah. motorcycles. Well, well, also though, uh, media coverage of the event might fail to mention that people were actually shot. Right. You know, depending on depending on what rich, powerful, see, you know, can go on. That's one of the things believe. that I Which think that doesn't happen. We're talking about, but then again, a... why actually report real events in that case? Why not just report fake shit? I, I think that's one of the scenes. You know, talking about Snyder uh, um, extending this in the director's cut. I think that's going to be a part of it. Is some sort of explanation for why Superman suspected it all? Or I kind of got the feeling that we were only seeing half that scene, and the other half was you know massive explosions or big you know big things that might actually hint towards Superman being the cause. Yeah. The other, the other uh, character in this that I actually came away with a, a different appreciation for too, was uh, Holly Hunter's uh, character as the junior Senator, uh, whose oh, name yeah. I can't From remember. Kentucky. Yeah. From um, Kentucky. Because when you, when you watch the trailers, like you really think that she's got a mad on for Superman and that's just it. She's actually kind of straight down the middle on it. Like she doesn't have much love for Superman, but she also isn't willing to like give Lex a blank check to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah to um quote unquote protect the world against superman mm-hmm. um so she ended up being a much more reasonable character than i had anticipated going into it yeah, yeah i kind of envisioned her as a hard line uh shall we say conservative who doesn't want to bring a vote on the supreme court just as nominee to you know just to pull from modern headlines. i just i was totally picturing the senator from uh what was it x-men 2 yeah. Um, yeah. Just like I was picturing like that Senator, exact archetype. Kinsey? Is that what? Yeah, I think it was Kinsey. Like they just need an asshole to be a, fo- a foible basically for I think that would have been X-Men 1 and 2. One? Yeah, you right. actually it's dead. 1 and then 2 is where he kind of He was yeah. dead and he was Mystique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes. Spoilers. But that's um, my fetish. 
Yeah, so so I, let, let's move along after the desert. Where, uh, so that seems kind of a clusterfuck. Yeah, um, yeah. We get back to Metropolis. Lois gets naked. Woo-woo. High five. We, we can't forget that. I'm really hoping and that there's an extended not, version of that scene she, in the extended cut. She, <laughs> she finds a remarkably intact bullet that didn't flatten out at all when it hit it, something and went, came to a complete it stop. It hit her notebook. Yeah, it hit her notebook paper. and came to a complete stop. Hey, leather. Leather and paper. Excuse me, leather yeah, and paper. My yeah. bad. Thank you. Um, I, I but really we don't just... really know the relevance of that too until much later in the in the film. No, she actually seems to hide it from Superman, yeah. which I thought was like what she it was, hides what? it and okay. she takes it as a way. Uh, she this is what she's investigating pretty much throughout the whole entire movie is this bullet. And then I think we move into the um, Senate hearing as well as Lex uh, approaching her to um, he wants to, to he wants to import his... some kryptonite. Well, we got to they... find the kryptonite first. He they they. There's a scene where they go out to India, I believe, and they're diving. The, in, the Indian Ocean. Yeah, yeah. diving at a, at a wreck, Which, um, and they, they end up finding a giant piece of kryptonite. That that part kind of bothered me a little bit, too, because they're like, oh, you know, we looked so hard three feet away from where the giant fucking alien machine crashed. Yeah, like, like, they, 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 like they put their masks on, and it took them longer to do that than it did for them to grab the kryptonite and right, swim dude, back. It's like when my kids look for their shoes. Well, like, and I think the important part of this 45 scene... minutes of yelling and whining about not finding anything, and then all of a sudden it's right there exactly where you expected yeah. it to be. Yeah. <laughs> the important part of this scene is not necessarily finding this big giant rock. I mean, that's important, but it's the fact that Lex already has one, it's a very small rock, and he's using it as a scalpel. And this comes into play later on, kind of for the overarching uh, plot line behind Le- what Lex Luthor is going to do. And we also learn about Lex in this movie that uh, his father put the Lex in, in LexCorp. So this isn't necessarily the Lex Luthor that we thought it was going to be either. No, not at all. Um, right. But yeah. here's this, and this is where I'm going to go into my biggest rant of the movie, and that is um, I really tried to give this Lex Luthor the benefit of the doubt um I didn't like him in the in the previews but then at the same time I was just like well I don't know um going to the movie like I really really don't like this Lex and it's not Jesse Eisenberg's fault it's just not a very well written character you know actually this is one time I'm actually going to give the actor some of the blame like the character didn't bother me so there's two problems with the Lex character number one is his motivations aren't very clearly explained or or very well fleshed out like his motivation seems pretty pretty flimsy the second part is it, i really just didn't like how eisenberg played the character he played the character like he's just zuckerberg with a bit of a uh, um, psychotic twist I, yeah a psychotic yeah. twist which i will give you that really kind of just zuckerberg i will give you that but there's at the end of the day there's a director there's a director yelling cut and not making him redo it you know what i mean well and to me and i agree with matt in the fact that i didn't like this character um it was Zuckerberg with a psychotic twist, and I mean, I, you got to lay blame somewhere. And I think that the the director and the actor both deserve it because there were choices made on both sides. And we had uh, time before the movie where Jesse Eisenberg was like, "I read the material and I've done my research." And you're like, "Okay, maybe they're gonna do something neat." But to me, he was a petulant little child who was a whiny bitch. I'm just like, why is the owner of Facebook so pissed off at Superman? <laughs> yeah, I, see, and I think that is a large part. Like, I think a large part of that is just how he played the character. Like, if I if you just did nothing else but take out um, Eisenberg and put in Rosenbaum, like I know that's a, um, <clears throat> you know, you wouldn't that would never happen in the real world. But I think suddenly I'd be a lot more okay with the character. See, honestly, I think it's been long enough since Smallville that you probably could put Rosenbaum in there and like, <laughs> yeah, like I, legit. honestly, the like the legit fans would be like, oh, that's a nice homage. Um, 
and he also plays a much more diabolical Lex, and a Lex that isn't going to go to jail after his first foray into trying to defeat Superman. That's that's kind of the whole thing that makes Lex Luthor what he is. See, I didn't mind um, that part of things. I thought th- that they did a good job showing just how diabolical Lex can be. Like, it just every time he spoke like when i thought about like the machinations of his plan and stuff like that i was like oh yeah that's really cool but every time he opens his mouth i'm just like oh fuck why so i'm gonna take a tangent i know that never happens weird but uh what um there's an episode of hollywood babylon and it's when they do the babylon comic-con theater and, okay. and this is they do um batman 66 meets green hornet yeah. issue number five yeah so Kevin Smith at some point decides that the audience member that they get to play this henchman and the other audience member that they get to play the female newscaster have to be related. And part of their genetic abnormality is that they do this weird little (laughs) at the end of every other sentence or whatever. So there's these weird little (laughs) noises that they do. That's kind of where I think Zack Snyder pulled this Lex from because he's just like every time he says something, he's like, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, yeah, there's that, a little yeah. that really graded after a while. It's just a little, ah, I'm crazy. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I mean, everything I said, like, leading up to this when we were seeing the trailers, um, well, we're gonna go on a big tangent in a second. Uh, everything I said <laughs> leading up to this in, in the trailers, um, about how I didn't really like how this Lex was portrayed and blah blah blah, it turns out totally vindicated by the movie because I still really don't. Like, I still just really hate the the way that they played the character. Yeah, it wasn't so anyway. what I was expecting from the previews. It's definitely different from what I thought it was going to be, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan either. So here's the tangent. Um, fuck whoever was in charge of the marketing for this movie. Just fuck them. Just fuck them all to death. Because yeah. this, this is really? the exact... Tell us how you really feel, fucker. Fuck them in their stupid ears and their eyes. <laughs> Okay, so let's go back in time all of, uh, you know, three or four months to uh, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, who had one of the greatest marketing campaigns of, like, ever. Um, Pretty sure what, I still have a bag of Star Wars oranges in my fridge. But one of the best things about this <laughs> was... BB-8 oranges, you mean? <laughs> one of the best things about this was I went into The Force Awakens having no fucking clue what was going to happen in that yeah, movie. We still didn't know the plot. Like, we didn't know the plot until The Crawl. We I- didn't know anything which then, is fucking beautiful it's a jj abrams it's that's the way he does things like you never know what's going I on wish, and I, i'm just gonna go on record here and i don't think that too many people are gonna disagree with me at this table but i wish that more movies did that i don't want to oh, yeah. go in yeah, knowing the fucking plot here's a good here's a good example of that okay ignorance is bliss sometimes right yep and the movie got over and the first thing bryce says to me is man i didn't know they were gonna bring doomsday into this and i was like you didn't watch the trailer and he was like nope there was a trailer yeah so i get at his point like there were so many just amazing things um they just they stuck way too many of the awesome things in the trailer like could you just fucking imagine how much differently we would have reacted to wonder woman on the screen had we not known she was going to be there in that exact same way yeah and her role was so minimal in it that they could have easily not showed us wonder woman in the trailers yeah and yep. I just want to put this on there, uh, and I know we're going to go into it, but she fucking rocked her part. Thank mm. God for Gal Gadot. I'm not going to lie. I think she did amazing. I Yeah, I, I came away I came away with a much higher opinion of it, and I didn't have a low opinion going in necessarily, um, but I think Eddie and I talked about this on the last show. Um, her accent kind of was one of the things I was like, well, that's kind of weird, because it doesn't right. sound Mediterranean at all. Like, <laughs> But um, at the same it, time, it, it also... Israel's on the Mediterranean. <laughs> Turns out, 
Yeah, but she didn't have <laughs> an she didn't have an Israeli accent in it. That was the thing. She sounded more Colombian. That's true. So oh, fine, but she is but, Israeli. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> so, um, but okay. So let's talk. The Wonder Woman reveal gave away in the trailers. A big portion of the fight, you know, the big Batman fight, the, saving the, Martha. His metal, like his um, what his tank suit. The tank, the tank right. suit gave away in the trailer. Mm-hmm. The big fight, uh, um, between uh, Batman and all the thugs, like in the last trailer, oh, giving yeah. away, you know, there. Uh, which Lex to me, sending Superman to get Batman, also in the trailer. We didn't know why, but we knew that was happening, and yeah, that didn't need to be. Yeah. I want to go the- back to the Batman versus the thugs. Um. This is this. I know we're going to talk about this scene, but this is a scene that is drawn directly out of the comic books. Well, yeah, there yeah. are two or three direct parts of that scene where I've seen the art before and I'm like, whoa, and it's just it's beautiful to me. Like, it is the comic book on screen, yeah. But that, that you know, seeing that in the trailer, I kept thinking like we were going to get a lot more Batman kicking ass. I was like, oh, th- that's our like, I thought we were going to get that in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And yeah. so having it take place that late, like I was a little disappointed and I wouldn't have been disappointed if I didn't know it was coming the whole time. Then it was just like when they finally, you know, like I, I just kept waiting for that scene, expecting it to be one of those things that like they get out of the way in the beginning of the movie. And it was a good two or three minutes longer. Yeah. But it, it was it was a long scene. The scene was still totally great. But if I hadn't known about it going into the movie, I'd have been much more blown away by it. Right. And and really, that's that's exactly why, beyond the first couple previews, I really tried to insulate myself from yeah, it. I'm just... And not watch, and especially not coming up to the movie, I tried to avoid watching anything. So, you know, I was like the one person who was like, oh, hey, Doomsday, didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and this is, this is a good example of, uh, you know, like your mom always said, you know, why, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? kind of a thing um uh, mail i don't know if i'm not sure if that, that was but... what she was talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> no but that, i mean that's that's just a great example of that i mean they gave us way more than they needed to and it it did kind of deter the enjoyment a little bit but, of it god damn it it started out so good with the marketing like when they first did the reveal of ben in the bat suit yeah and like that's all they give you oh that was perfect yeah. and, see and that's that's what they should have stuck with i think but i think the issue here is is that um they wanted to sell you on the big flashy, you know, things. And th- that's one of the complaints about the movie is that the pacing is such that there's, when you really think about it, there's not a whole ton of big flashy things in the thing, in the, in the movie that they couldn't have, or that they could have used in the trailer. Here's, here's my other problem marketing wise. I don't mean to cut you off, but to go along with your point, we've seen stills of Jason Momoa as Aquaman for months now. Ezra Miller in the Flash costume, we've seen those at least for a month or, or more. Yeah. Um, Cyborg, not necessarily as much, but I mean, we kind of already knew he was going to be there mm-hmm. in some capacity. So there's a lot of shit here that didn't have to be revealed before the movie and, and was. And, now, don't get me wrong. And it was only 30 seconds of screen time. Yeah, there wasn't that much. There, together it wasn't given that much guys. screen time. Yeah. Ezra Miller is the only one that actually got a, a double role in that because right. he showed up in the in the Nightmare too. But oh, let's go. So we're talking about things that piss me off too. Um, so the flash helmet. The well, the um, <laughs> okay. So first off, I did not hate the scene uh, where they were doing the dream thing, where um, Ben Affleck was having the dream, and we were sort of getting a uh, um, glimpse into the future of what happens if you know, say, Darkseid conquers the world and uh, somebody kills Lois, and Superman goes off the fucking chain. Um, 
but they did it in such a weird way. Like, it's not explained at all why Batman is having this dream within a dream instead of just having, you know, some sort of normal, like, the Flash could be showing him those things in some manner, but it's not really explained very well. well and it just looks weird for that, in the movie. Like, and, and he also I'm, had weird I'm, nightmares before that, too. Yeah. So yeah. That's... He was having weird nightmares before that. I mean, who wouldn't? But um, for me, I really like the dream sequence. And it for me, it lent a sense of, Maybe this is what's to come, and this is going to link to the next movie in that kind of hope. I mean, I understand the disjointed, the complaint of disjointed in this, but to me, I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, oh, no, this, I... is, this is pre-foreshadowing. Pre, pre, I liked it, because I, I really thought the, um, the way they should have been doing this was more sort of, um, I don't want to say completely overt, but more overtly showing that this is a possible future. Like I thought that that was, that's really what they were going for. They were trying to show you this is a possible future. It's going to come up again in the justice league somehow. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get an explanation there. I'm just saying the way it was put in this movie was really kind of awkward. Yeah. And then the second, probably most awkward goddamn thing in the whole movie. Uh, I'm thinking about it again. And the thing that would have made actually the perfect stinger material, which this movie has none is uh, Wonder Woman opening her email and reading up on all of the Justice League characters. Like, just doing the little vignettes of the Justice League characters. Like, that had no place in the, the main Yeah, it didn't movie. have to be in the film at all. Especially not in the time that they put it in. Putting they, it in, like, the... You I know, just agree. Reading what I, what I would have done in that... In that and and I'm, I'm an armchair director right now. You we have the lie. email, and you open up you open up the, the thing, and it's like the picture, and he's like, but it's not... It's not your picture. It's of you, whatever. You know, you get that. Mm. And then right when she starts to scroll down, you cut away. That's all you got to do. And then you save the rest of that for, like you said, like... Well, it's sort of like Spider-Man 2. Or, or Amazing Spider-Man 2, where they start to reveal, you know, like, like the Vulture and uh, Rhino and all that shit. But, you know, then they're going to not make the third movie there. But um, Actually complete side note but apparently they do plan on still making a venom movie and a sinister six movie but not tie it into the spider-man yeah which it, is... it's fucking confusing what yeah it's really dumb okay sure. <sighs> this is i think sony waving its dick around saying well we still have the characters yeah but who knows if that's actually going to come to light anyway given what happened with the third spider-man movie and they just decided to scrap it, it also might be a way yeah. for them to finagle something out of marvel for the marvel to be like hey Let's do this together so it gets done fucking right because you fuckers keep fucking yeah. it up. Yeah, so anyway, uh, but... I, let's get back to the actual movie though because you know I think we we left off about the time uh, Superman and Lois were fucking in the bathtub. No, yeah. we moved on to the dream yeah. sequence. Oh, right. That was that was well, that, right that was way further on though. Not too much because that too was much. after Bruce stole guess... the shit and was decrypting yeah. it. I do want to like pause. we got a, and that was Somewhere after we in met this general Gavido. area. We actually first see Batman in action. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, With the cops, so he's like, like a you know, a, a, basically the projects, like whatever the Gotham equivalent of the projects are, um, and you know, saving kids and stuff like that. And you can see the terror on the kids' faces. Like he, they just Batman just saved them. They were sex slaves. Sex yeah. slaves. Chinese sex slaves. But they're still mm-hmm. totally terrified. Like, yeah, and they were talking about the de- there's devil upstairs. He's yeah. still there. Well, and I love the here. I love the reveal of Affleck as Batman because it wasn't from his point of view. It's the cop's point of view. You're looking like this scared yeah. cop goes up into that, a room. I really, I 
yeah, I like that scene too because like he's kind of looking around with his gun and like just kind of in the corner, not even in focus, you see like just huge fucking monster see, of a man up in the corner. And again, fuck yeah. the marketers because that is trailer material. Right. Oh Completely my God. inessential yes. to the plot. But oh. if you would have had that reveal in the trailer instead of having the, you know, the penultimate fight with, uh, you know, Batman solo fight, basically, if you would have put that in the trailers, that would be all we needed to just be salivating about the potentials. Yeah. And, and shit, that also kind of right there shows us that Batman's a little bit out of control because the cop was scared shitless of him and they're on the same team. See, but I don't know that they think they are at this point, which um, where I, uh, Batman's... Well, the other cop said something about, like, you don't shoot at the good guys or something like that. That was yeah. after the But point. that was after he shot at him, though. Yeah. <laughs> See, but, yeah. but this, is also, this is also back to the Dark Knight Returns, because you get the same scene in the Dark Knight Returns, essentially. Yeah. It's a little bit different, but it's, it's, it's essentially, like, the older, wizened cop who's seen Batman or heard of Batman in action, you know, basically saying, like, yeah, you're in for a show tonight, kid. And the kid's like, no, we got to go after this guy. Like, they could have... Yeah, that from the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, ke- they should, kept, should have kept that in there and maybe done a little bit more of that I think the the difference though is that this Batman didn't go cry in a hole for eight years because his girlfriend died this is true but I like, also there's, there's nothing that leads us to believe that he hasn't just been Batman the entire time yeah so. you know what he didn't well and he didn't and, go cry in a hole and also now he just brutally fucks people up like right. oh, fuck yeah. yes throws cars <laughs> at them you know like I also think there's a little bit more emphasis on the fact that Batman is a vigilante acting outside the law and happy to fucking do it yeah doesn't give a shit uh, um, one last thing before we move on from this scene. God, this is the first glimpse we get a look at the way Batman moves in this movie. And it's the way that he's supposed to move D- in the comic just books. Just dope as shit. Like, there's nothing that's not Fuck. amazing about the way that uh, Batman fights and moves in this movie. Oh. Yeah, I, I really did that. I didn't enjoy that. And it's it's did enjoy that. And it's a combination of two things. One, like, by the time we get to that scene, I already am fully invested in Ben Affleck as, as Bruce Wayne and Batman. And the way he plays Bruce Wayne before we get to the scene is very much that Bruce Wayne is the mask. Like, cause when he, it's just him and Alfred, like he, there's no difference between him and Batman, except for he's not wearing a costume. Yeah. And so the thing, I, the thing with Alfred, I think it, it also kind of speaks to the type of Batman we're seeing is, is Alfred is trying to convince him as much as possible to stay out of the bat suit. See, I like that because he's trying to convince him, but he's also like, it's like, uh, he's not trying to convince him that hard. Cause he knows it's like, fighting an uphill battle you know yeah he's done it before. well he's and also before, alfred but... references a couple of times of uh maybe bruce needs to go and get himself a woman and settle down and have some babies yeah. you know <laughs> like, like that'll this happen. is some yeah. stuff yeah. that comes yeah. out straight out of the comics pour, pour too the you know pour some more scotch here you go but maybe <laughs> you like a, have a fucking baby kid it's a jaded alcoholic alfred i love it <laughs> <laughs> well we also have kind of a jaded alcoholic bruce wayne too oh, yeah. that guy right. goes through the wine like crazy because yeah, he was like that was leading into that future generations company. He's like, well, the future generations aren't going to inherit a good wine cellar, you know, yeah. like, and that's, <laughs> that'll happen. Like, <laughs> so, um, and that's fine too. Cause I mean, what, what, what does a Bruce Wayne who doesn't go out for a night do if he's not fighting crime? It's fucking it's trash. Fucking See, and this goes, he gets this plastered and he wakes up with some random girl in random his bed, bitch, yeah. which mm-hmm. was, I was like, hell yeah, I fucking believe it. But this goes back a little bit, you know, again, we, we already knew this is the truth, but taking inspiration from The Dark Knight uh, Returns, God, yeah, that's the right one. Yep. The Dark Knight Returns, uh, we see this scene uh, between essentially Gordon and uh, um, Bruce. Like, before Bruce goes back to the, the Cape and Cowl, um, he's, you know, drinking scotch at the bar with uh, uh, Gordon 
and he said and gordon says something along the lines of like i remember when you know that was just apple juice you and you're you know playing at it essentially and and you know it's kind of hinted at very strongly at this point that bruce is an alcoholic uh, or at um, least or at least or know, at least drinks a bit yeah regu- regularly well, like come on he, also it, so, it, it looks at alfred as this father figure to bruce and it makes the idea of him being this guy who's like hey go get a fucking wife and have some kids maybe you should stay out of the bat suit you're fucking killing people don't do it see, and so he's this guy but it, but it's like what, he's lizzie lohan's dad here's like, the deal he's like i can't stop it she's gonna do this stupid shit anyway i guess i'm going along for the ride you <laughs> what know? what a lot of people don't know is the scene actually wasn't originally in the movie this is actually just taken from ben's security camera <laughs> yeah so it's like now that garner's gone <laughs> And that was just really irons, like hanging out after the set or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so no, yeah. no, I wasn't with a hooker last night. <laughs> <laughs> Where's, why is Diedrich Bader in this movie? <laughs> oh my god! Oh god damn it! Jesus. All right. So, okay. So at that point, we find out that that Bruce Wayne has been invited to a, a gala. With Lex Luthor. A what? A gala. A what? A gala. A what? A gala. We can stop now. Um, so here's the other thing too, though, and this is actually relevant to the scene that Bryce is, is trying to lead us to. Um, the reason that he was breaking up that uh, sex slave ring and whatnot is he's investigating something. Um, yeah. uh, the white Portuguese. White Portuguese. Yeah, white Portuguese. Um, which, when which... I first heard it, to be honest, the first thought that ran through my mind was a racist Portuguese? I was like, well, this the new strain of weed in Gotham must be really correct, <laughs> right? So, what what we find out though is is um, damn, gotta try me some of that. Is that he's Portuguese. investigating something, um, and he, the reason that he's investigating is because he's he's relatively certain that Lex Luthor is doing something illegal, but he doesn't know kind of how to tie it back to him, mm. or yeah. not even Lex Luthor yet. He just knows that some Eastern Bloc uh, assholes are trying to uh, smuggle something in, and white Portuguese right, thinks is a code name. There's a Russian dude, and and, and he, that's who's yeah. To and he thinks that Lex Luthor is the white Portuguese. No, he doesn't know yet. At the beginning, at the first part, like he gets to the point where he's like, I think that it, like he alludes to the fact that he thinks that this is the code name for Luthor by these guys. See, okay, so we're getting a little he confused. Thinks. I think because. He is confused about what the white Portuguese is, but he has a very clear directive in finding him, and that's getting whatever Lex is doing through that guy. Um, so Alfred, he tells Alfred that he's going after the white Portuguese because he's going to bring a dirty bomb into Gotham, which is not the case. He's not bringing a dirty bomb into right. Gotham. He's bringing that giant hunk of kryptonite from the Indian Ocean, right? Um, which he later reveals is the real reason for him to go after the white white Portuguese, which is being smuggled because um, Holly Hunter won't She's being like sign off on his import license to bring it, it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing you find out in the scene too, when he actually gets to the gala or gala, whichever you'd like to refer to it as. Um, I would prefer soiree. Is uh, <laughs> that, that works too? I kind of like parte. Is is two Shindig? things? One, <laughs> Lex is still a rambling lunatic. Hoedown. annoyingly so. There's an open but bar. This is the yes, most that was annoying okay. scene to me as far as Luther goes. Like this, this one took the cake. Right, and, this, and we saw this in the previews already too. So that's Luther. another that's another thing that they gave away in the previews that they didn't necessarily have to. No. Um, and then also you find out though because we haven't really known up until this point that. Uh, Gotham and Metropolis are literally across the fucking harbor from each other. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I don't know if this is a hint or just really fucking clumsy, but why does Lex Luthor know who Clark Kent is? Yeah, like, maybe he reads the planet. I don't Clark, know. Clark is, he, but, even if he but reads... Clark's like, a reporter for two years for the planet. And Lex not a good a one because there, he's so. like, you're on sports this week. You're going to write me this basketball article. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not, <laughs> not even... Not about the crime in Gotham City. Ah. He's, yeah. not, he's not like the hard-hitting like front page reporter. He's like on like page nine or something like that, if he's lucky. Yeah, he's getting shit writer. stories. Like there's, It's not like his bylines are really fucking there, out yeah, there. There's no reason for Lex to know who Clark is at all. No. Well, I mean, but Clark was invited there. Clark no, was no. The Clark was there because he was press the event as a press member. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that the, presumes that the, he probably would have been members of the press planet, corps before. Well, no. I mean, here's the thing, invited. though. Like when you're when you're handing out press credentials, like you don't care who brings in the credential. You're not like like oh, you're just like you type a paper. Sawyer, nice to meet you. You oh, have this many people that you can bring. Or but if you see the same person again and again at, at different things, maybe. Uh, but they don't really tell you. That I mean, was my that was my take on it. But good. Here's the thing, though. I would much rather have that part explained yeah then have to have the these people died in the desert and it's superman's fault hand fed to me like you know what i mean i agree okay and yeah to, okay to your point like okay maybe he's done this before like four seconds earlier in the movie they say he hasn't oh you must be new to the press you know the 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 rich people junket or whatever the hell like there you it. go yeah you must they, be new to this uh, yeah. because bruce wayne. you don't know yeah, who bruce wayne too. is yeah so like it's not there's there's no goddamn reason why lex knows who clark is like that's just another sort of like sloppy moment in the movie there's no and there's even if he did even if he's like oh that's that shitty writer from the Daily Planet that writes the sports section occasionally, um, there's no reason where he's like hey you know what you should come meet the richest guy in Gotham, uh, that doesn't happen like that's like the waiter like you're introducing the waiter I mean I'm sure sometimes that happens you know when rich people want to show off their their you know manservants or whatever but mm-hmm. uh, not under normal circumstances would you ever allow yourself to become a manservant? In what manner? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just just like in a general sense, a manservant. Um, I think that's code for sex so slave. Let's let's, case, let's talk know. about the good part of this whole scene, though, and that is um, Bruce is there as Bruce Wayne specifically because Alfred was like, "No, don't take the suit because you're invited to his house, so just go do what you need to do." Yeah. Um, so he walks and fumbles around and uh, ends which up- this is a wonderful portrayal. Of Bruce Wayne wearing the mask, like That's, what you said before. Right. Fucking he, beautiful. He gets there. The figurative mask. Yeah, he gets there and he finds the uh, the server room that just happens to be a windowed hallway uh, full uh, of servers. The kitchen, across down, down the, the kitchen. Yeah. Across yeah. from the kitchen. Right. That's where I keep my servers. Yeah. Really, if I was to keep them, though, I would just put them, like, in the coat closet so you could hide in there. Right. Um. So... But we we get there, and for some reason, um, there's an open door and an open USB port. No, it's not quite that. He he's not like plugging in a USB port. He's like, I I, it's not explained, but I get the feeling it's more like a um, uh, Wi-Fi, you know, like war driving sort of. Maybe, but it had a wire. He left it hanging there from a wire that was plugged into something. Yeah, but yeah. the no, the the wire was part of the whole server architecture thing, and what he was doing essentially was like clipping that on that cable that's part of Lex's gear. Dude, I guarantee you, it was a part. five pin mini USB. <laughs> I'm almost positive. <laughs> the only part of the server architecture that was outside of glass, right? So, for whatever as, reason, <laughs> as you well, first off, the whole thing is retarded because there there's never not going to be security uh, um, of some sort. Like it's not going to be an open fucking door across from the kitchen. Like where the rest of the kitchen staff works. Where like, I thought the bathroom was at. Yeah. Like mm. it just that that part's stupid. We're in we're in a house the size of a football field. 
there's no way that's where the server room is. But, so whatever. Th- yeah. This is us being RT nerds, but um But but this <laughs> is also... this is my favorite part of the scene though, is when like that chick is like or was it or is it the dudes? I don't remember that came, but they were like uh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, uh, I was looking was... for the bathroom. I guess that last martini was too too many. You know that kind of a yeah. thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's genius. Like, I like, I like that part. Consigliere, uh, lady, the, the Asian girl, the Asian girl, yeah. yeah. Miss yeah. Miss Tessmacher. Yeah. Yes, uh, that was definitely. I don't a... know. That was actually, Mercy was her name. But... Mercy was her name for that, sure. That was definitely a good scene. Like that was a good, good example of like Bruce or, or Batman playing. Well, Bruce and Wayne. this is and, where and I kind we of get felt the same thing. I kind of and, and not to blow the lead, but I kind of felt the same thing during the scene that was in the previews with Wonder Woman when it was like she with you, and he was like, I thought she was with you. He knows who the fuck she is. You met her. You kind of yeah. You saw the picture. You yeah. uh, <laughs> In fact, this is where you met her. But I kind of think that was Bruce. Gala. I think that was Bruce playing it close to the chest, just to, or to the vest, in case he wasn't still sure. You know just, what I mean? Like, yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> So. Uh, and also in this scene, we're introduced actually to Gal Gadot, not as Wonder Woman, but as Princess Diana Prince. Diana Prince. Uh, which did is... we get a name? I don't think we ever even hear not her in that scene. Di- not in that scene. No. Do we ever hear her called Diana? I know they yes. say Miss Prince. Miss Prince. They Ms. call her Miss Prince when she's leaving the plane. But I don't think they call her Diana Prince ever. Yeah. No, it might be in the file that Lex has, but I don't think anybody ever actually like calls her Diana. Yeah, I don't recall Diana. First off, it was enough of a nod for me, but uh, um. I didn't think I didn't think they ever actually called her Diana, which uh, you know will just be f- something fun for the next movie, I guess. Mm. Well, and the way that he introduced her, I really liked because she follows Bruce down. She figures out what Bruce is doing. She takes his file for her to get access to it. You know. Yeah, I like the way they did that too. Like clearly, she's you know clever, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, and at the same time, you also have uh, Clark who's following Bruce down because he hears the earpiece Alfred talking to Bruce Wayne. And he gets distracted by a woman who is being, or a child who's being threatened in this burning building. That, and all of a sudden, Clark is gone. That part I really liked, but it makes me hate what happens later in the movie even more, which is when Lex kidnaps his mom. Yeah. And he can't just hear her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that's... <laughs> yeah. Or, or when Lois, you know, calls his name in the fucking desert halfway across the world, and he's like, oh, I got this. But uh, or, um, Martha, you know, probably like a mile or two away cannot get that part that to be fair he's fucked lois way more than he has martha yeah all right do you we don't know, that? know that i mean you don't more recently that. i would presume <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things implied off screen you know uh, anyway that yeah that was a really frustrating part She's like when we actually woman. saw Come that on. scene when they were going to martha going not to actually martha. <laughs> this is true well and like even more like okay so even so let's let's say that there is a chance that Superman can't just listen to Martha. Maybe she's gagged or maybe, like, whatever. She's not making any noise, so he can't zero in on her. The fight scene between him and Batman, when Batman throws the smoke pellet and whatnot, like, he can't just listen for him and find out where he's at. Nope, can't do that. See, I, w- I would almost give him that because it's like, but he's Batman. Like he could if it well, was a regular. Person, here's the thing: the only reason I the only reason I give him that is because even though he's been doing this for two years, like he's still not a seasoned veteran yet. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know in, what the I mean? mo- in the moment, his you know regular instincts in- instincts take over rather. Than he's never training. fought anybody like Batman either. Like that's the thing is. Yeah. Also, he doesn't know why there's a smoke pellet. He doesn't know that he's about to get hit with kryptonite. Like he doesn't know that Batman has. He, he doesn't even know fucking kryptonite, kryptonite exists. Yeah. At so, this point, so why would he? He wouldn't be worried about anything. He'd be like, oh, okay, look through here. Hmm. Oh, not well, there. He does. Batman go when he mm-hmm. walks through the smoke he's just like 
the fuck ever like <laughs> what is this bullshit and yeah, then he gets like, hit with the kryptonite he's like, it's like oh, that oh. scene in family guy where they talk about the cellophane s from superman uh two i think yeah it's like oh that was really inconvenient like i got that exact feeling watching that scene i'm like oh well you threw smoke good job yeah <laughs> like, um, i don't have x-ray vision or anything you dickhole you know like that this was is, the other thing that was frustrating, actually, is you should have just turned that x-ray shit and you would have been able to see it. This is kind of what pisses me off about a lot of uh, some of the negative fan reviews that I've been hearing is, well, Superman shouldn't have gotten the shit kicked out of him like that. Well, the fuck he shouldn't. He was had a lung full of fucking kryptonite a couple of times. Yeah. Like, that's what pissed me off about it, is like, do they not understand that kryptonite has that effect on Superman? And Batman would beat the fuck out of him in the, under those circumstances. Like, that's just how it goes. Yeah, if you if you suddenly are not super strong and you can't fly and you don't have any powers that you're used to, you're said like he's probably about as helpless as a baby. Yeah, and there's a lot of a lot of uh, of critical comments about how Affleck's your Batman's strong, but he's not that strong. Well, yeah, he is that strong. You Didn't saw him. Did you just see him you, hitting a tire? You saw the with a sledgehammer. You saw the motherfucking montage. Number one. <laughs> First off, can we talk about this and, Rocky montage? And we're talking about how jacked Affleck is. Hold come on. on. Hell yeah. Hold on. I'm not I quite was done. Fully expecting Eye of the Tiger to come on with this shit. Oh my god. <laughs> we just uh, are we meeting Sam? <laughs> did you fucking mute me, asshole? <laughs> so not only not only did we see the workout scene, obviously he's jacked. He's also in the tank suit at that point, which you know augments his strength. Yeah, to some point. So it's got like the Iron Man thing where like where if you're gonna extra, pick apart the movie strong. and shit like that, at least pick apart shit that makes sense and not that Superman under the influence of kryptonite got his ass kicked by Batman because oh. that's just fucking logic. If you were gonna pick apart any part about that scene, it's how he even got hit by the kryptonite. Like once he's got kryptonite in his system, Batman versus Superman that makes perfect sense. Like the thing is, is that um, Superman, especially if he was trained at all. Would never ever have to get in that situation, but he kind of even says this in the movie. If I wanted it, you'd already be dead. Like that's yeah. the only thing that mm-hmm. allows this to happen. Because right. he Superman. didn't go there to kill Batman. He didn't go there to fight. He wanted his help, actually, which he... doesn't make any fucking sense either. Because at this point, is... all he thinks is Batman is he's just a fucking thug. But yeah, all he has to do is fly well, two hundred feet up in the like air, heat vision yeah. him into a can of fucking bat jiffy pop, and the movie's <laughs> over. So, right. um, like it's bat what? Jiffy Pop. pop so Jiffy Pop? What is, what is there, regular Jiffy Pop? Is there a special fucking flavor I don't know about? What is regular Jiffy Pop? I, I, I was thinking for a minute I was going to have to explain Jiffy Pop, but I'm like, dude, you're the second per- oldest person here. Like, yeah. you ought to know what Jiffy <laughs> no, Pop is. No, I know is. what fucking Jiffy Pop is. I've eaten Jiffy Pop before. I want to know what fucking flavor this is. Bat Jiffy Pop. He said it. Yeah. Is that something to do with We're peanut butter? <laughs> I mean, I really hope it does. All right, folks, we'll be back after this. A message from our sponsors. <laughs> our sponsor is beer. Yeah. What do you want, Matt? Um, I wouldn't mind trying some scrump at this point. Oh, shizzle. Oh, hey. I'm going to need some... Uh, IP. Oh, yeah, you swing, swing that shit out of here. Swing that shit out Yeah, I got one. You're clear. Jesus Christ. You're clear. It's like watching a couple monkeys hump a football. <laughs> no, that, that, that would be... Uh, Eddie's been here for 20 minutes, so I'm assuming he has to go pee. Yep. <laughs> it's
candy. <laughs> for a minute because <laughs> yeah. Eddie really likes that yeah yeah welcome to the horses eating candy show <laughs> thanks for the sugar cube Wilbur <laughs> I'm a hot mess right now Emphasis on hot. I'm not even drunk yet. <laughs> Getting there. Sadly. <laughs> working on it. Yeah, I'm working on it. Um, not really though. Like you're not getting there. I didn't have anything to drink all day today until you guys got. I mean, water. That's fair. I've had tequila and cider. Plus, scotch. I had a fuck ton of coffee earlier because I got like a giant twenty ounce Java chip thing from the human being, and that's a lot of caffeine for me because I'm mostly non-caffeine these days. Oh, I had Dr. Pepper this morning, too. So there's two two things of caffeine in one day. Um, so it's taken me a little while for the alcohol to bring me down. You're fucking wild, man. <laughs> I know. All that caffeine. <sighs> Before we mark her and get back in here, where were we at? We were talking about... Um... We were talking. We yeah, we were talking about about Bat Jeffy Pop. Yeah, just ju in general, like how Superman can use his abilities in some yeah, cases, yeah, okay, but not necessarily in others. Right, but as far as the movie's concerned, we were at the end of the party. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. We never did finish that scene. Um, no, go ahead, Mark. Get back yeah. on there. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're back. All right. So yeah, um, we're we're still at Lex's soiree. Um. Bruce goes to get his little um, scanner thing. Yeah, uh, and it's not there. Nope. But he did Bruce happen. He did happen to notice um, an extremely attractive uh, Mediterranean woman leaving that same area. And I don't know. Okay, first off, uh, I mean this in the best possible way. I don't know how they got Gal Gadot to look so uh, like physique wise, like an Amazonian, or much more than she normally does. But she filled out the role a lot better than I, I thought she would. I don't necessarily think they did. At I least think... physicality-wise. Maybe it's just my... Like, I, I don't think know. she's still kind of lithe and stuff like that, but she definitely... She, like, um, lithe in a good way. Yeah. When we see her in costume, I got that. But, like, when, when I saw her in the dress, the white dress, when she was walking, you know, away from the that... second thought, party? Maybe it's... I think she's got height. Like, she's not quite as tall as Affleck is, like, when they're... Um, she is pretty tall. Uh, I, but anyway, it, it just looked a lot more believable to me. Um, but even still, I was really happy with how she looked in the suit too. So yeah, uh, but that, you know, that's being a little bit reductive. Well, you know what? Fuck it. We've been, we actually have waxed philosophic about how, how Ben looks in the suit. 
way more than I talked about how Wonder Woman looks in the suit, so I don't feel sexist at all, so fuck Yeah, you, but going going into the movie, I kind of actually felt like you would fuck Ben Affleck sooner than you'd fuck uh, Dude, Gal Gadot, so... I might still. Uh, <laughs> now, he, he quick was, question. He was huge in this movie. Would you, like, go down on your knees or just straight bend over for Ben? I mean, Ben's 6'4", so if yeah. he's down on his knees, Ben's going to have to work a lot harder. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm talking, are you going for the shot in the mouth or the shot in the ass? Probably, I mean, Both? knowing Eddie, I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> probably going to give Ben everything he wants. Let's, let's be polite. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, and, and no disrespect to Eddie, because he is not a one-trick pony, let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, no, I, I, I thought, uh, in her name, I'm going to mispronounce a lot, but I think it's actually supposed to be Gal Gadot, I think is the proper she's pronunciation. No, she's Israeli. Gal... Uh... I think it's. Good I like though. the. I like the. I like the I'm soft gonna... T. I'm with the soft T. I'm with Eddie. Gal Gadot. You, you guys keep talking. I'm gonna figure this out. Gal Gadot. I got a big fucking computer right here. Does it have a fucking yes, international phonetic in alphabet? That <laughs> it's a Rolo. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the big reveal. Well, it's not a big reveal. It's a subtle reveal of this character. Um, I I I dig it. I really do. Um, I think that this scene where. You see her interact with Bruce Wayne a little bit, not a lot. You see this look that she casts over her shoulder. She's getting ready to drive away. Kind of a, ha, I got one up on you little look was really well done. But I also think it ignites this fire for Bruce Wayne to be like, or Batman, not necessarily Bruce Wayne, to, to figure out who this chick is. Um, I really I really like the fact that this scene was used, and, and this is my big fuck you to everybody that said there wasn't any character development in this movie. Like <laughs> the relationship from those two was nothing but character development. And I really liked that because he, as far as he knows, she's just some random chick stealing his shit for what reason he doesn't know. Well, and, yeah. And before that, uh, I, I feel like she was a random hot chick that he kind of wanted to fuck. Yeah, for right. sure. Cause totally he noticed okay her. With. He definitely noticed her. Oh, yeah. oh, he looked over. He gave her the, the, the second glance, you know what I'm saying? Like across the room, you're like, Whoa! It's the comeback. Hey, and she's right. like the only one dressed in color with that red dress. It's like it's like watching fucking Schindler's List, <laughs> <laughs> or or three hundred. According to this site, it's Gadot. Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Um, I'm, I'm, not gonna, buying I'm it. gonna hit. The, I'm gonna hit the play button. Gal Gadot. That's there's that's no a, T on the end of that. Yeah, that's not exactly. Let's give it one more time. Crank that up. Crank that up. He said, "Crank yeah, it up! Don't fucking." Okay, okay we got last it. last one. This is the last one I'll subject the audience to. Gal Gadot. Yeah, there's a T in there. Gal Gadot. Barely though. It's not Gadot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely Gal, Gal, but it's not Gadot. It, it's Gadot. It is Gal Gadot. Yeah, close, close. It's, it's more just, like it's you a hard, just cut off the end. It's a hard T, which I think a lot of us were. I'll tell you what. I'll email her. Yeah, I know. I'll email her. I'll see if she wants to come on the show. We'll ask her. Do it. Make sure, like Marv, she doesn't actually listen first. Yeah. <laughs> she's hey, she's a very attractive woman. Um, we neither one of us were exactly positive she was the right fit for the role, but I think we're both believers now. So I don't. Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, I'm on. Board. And we haven't necessarily said anything lewd about her. I mean, Bryce hasn't left yet, so I mean, there's still an opening. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got all kinds of openings. To tell you. That. <laughs> um. Hey, no, you're but making fun of me and Ben. God, as I, as I was saying though, um, I did like that that interaction between the two, and it actually only gets better as they as they cross paths again later on. Um, 
Which where do we go from here? I don't remember what happens yeah, after I'm trying this. To remember too. Uh, yeah. This is we actually get some scenes of um, Lex Luthor getting permission to one work in the wreck of the downed Kryptonian ship from the first movie. Uh, I think we're way past that actually. We just didn't talk about it. Yeah. You know what's funny about that? The whole time I was watching that, I yeah. was like. Why does Lex get any of this shit? Like, why is he getting yeah. anything? Like, hopefully, yeah. there's something in the director's cut about that. Uh, but like, uh, I don't, I don't know if you know, but people with a lot of money and politicians. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing: like, this is coming off the heels of that meeting with um, the senator, where she's like where flat she out, says. like, "I'm not giving you what you want." Yeah, no, and then no, 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 this no, no, guy. No. no, this is the first meeting. That's done in the second meeting. The first meeting, he talks to her. He opens the door, but then he's talking to either her aide or whoever that dude is, the white-haired dude that kind of looks he's like a different that. senator. That's what I. It's another is senator. He? Yeah, because he was senator. sitting next to her with a name plaque in front of him. Okay, because okay. that was that was the whole thing. Is like I didn't know who the fuck he was or what capacity that he had any authority. But he's like, uh, I want access to the ship, and he's like, okay, and he's like, and I want Zod's dead body, and he's like. Whatever, done. You know, I'm like, um, who the fuck see, are you? But yeah. it's, 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 it's clumsy as shit that they do that because there's no reason, no reason whatsoever explained in the movie. He's not like, you know what? I'm going to give you $20 million and you're going to give me access to this. Right. Guy's That's body. the thing is like, where's, where's the give and take there? Like, right. it's he, just he, like, okay, I'll just give you whatever you want on the assumption that you'll blow me someday. Yeah. The movie, the movie sort of assumes a uh, relationship between Lex and, the senators, both both Holly Hunt and and this other dude that we don't really fucking. I, I mean, we're talking well about a to. two and a half hour movie. Give us another thirty five seconds explaining that Lex has some dirt on this guy or something, or even just be like, I liked what you said about preventing Superman from destroying us in the future. Uh, what do you need to get started? Kind of a or thing. But there wasn't even that. He's just like contributions. Yeah, he's just like, what do you want? He's like, yeah, well, it, first it's off, kind of like Eddie on a Saturday fuck. night, yeah. fucking in your bedroom, just down on his knees. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this cherry Jolly Rancher in your mouth and then lick my fingers. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, come what on, the fuck, man. <laughs> okay, what? that that scene right, that I blocked funny. that out. I'm not gonna lie, that was funny as fuck. I just remembered that and how I was like, what the fuck is going on with Lex Luthor? Like that scene, he literally unwraps a cherry Jolly Rancher. Thank you for the roll <laughs> so, What the fuck? For those of you who might have forgotten that this is a podcast where you can't see us. This is, a, this is mostly an audio uh, podcast. Matt, Matt, just, Matt just fed Sam a Rolo. <laughs> Which is delicious. He forgot to gently caress his lips the way that Lex did in the movie. Yeah, but yeah, kind of, I was like, kind of seductively like lick and his fingers. <laughs> seductively lick his fingers see, afterwards. Um, this actually, again, it was weird as shit watching this in the movie, but somebody, or I read somewhere that they, they were talking about like... Um, the the thing that they were trying to get across here and he does this too with uh maybe the senator and uh with superman like he just doesn't respect personal space in a way that's supposed to come off as creepier like that you know some sort of manifestation of his psychopathy but in the movie i was just like what the fuck whatever that was okay here's the thing about that scene i already hated the character by this point so that part of it was kind of just like okay Whatever. <laughs> like, when I saw that, like, again, this goes back to the whole, like, there's this presumed relationship between these two characters, like, you would think, like, where Lex has some sort of greater authority over him. Like, it's, like, he, that move by Lex is basically supposed to say, like, you're my bitch. But it's never explained, even a little bit, why that is. Yeah, you just, I mean, money, maybe, money, maybe it's a senior senator who is trying to take it to this junior senator. Like, 
it's alluded like there's no even no allusion to why he does it it's just done i don't know it 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 just made perfect sense to me because lex is one of the richer and and thus one of the more powerful people and you wanted a jolly rancher yeah, who doesn't want a Jolly Rancher, man? Who doesn't like want Jolly a Jolly Ranchers. Rancher? That yeah. part I was cool with. Yeah, I was like, I was <laughs> well, like man, are, I kind of want a Jolly Rancher We are now. talking about covertly smuggling an alien, but yeah, I could go for a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, I had I had no problem with the fact that, that Lex has political power, given his his money, his company, and everything like that. Just the fact that he was trying to get permission from uh, her in the first place in order to, to be able to import this thing. That I mean, that right there shows you that he's got connections. He's got, uh, you know, he's he's got a relationship with her in which he usually gets what he wants. Yeah, I just again, I I just think they should have explained it better. But that's yeah. there's a lot yeah, of this. It's, 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 it's a just, little bit clumsy. Like I, if you want to talk yeah. about like complaints about why, and this is where uh, I think. Um, so we're obviously a table full of comic nerds, and there's a lot of stuff in here that's what? really great. Yeah, I think so. Shut um, the front door. Yeah, but um, this is where, when you talk about critic reviews and stuff like this, this is where this movie just takes it in the pants. Like, the, it's because there's so many just sort of lazy sort of errors like that, like where you just are supposed to assume as the audience that there's this sort of relationship without effort actually having any plausible reason to believe that um, or being given any sort of plausible reason yeah, to believe they, that. They and could have not, shown you a lot more. But yeah, that, it's not that 10 kinda... minutes of screen time. They needed they needed like three lines tops to, to explain why this makes sense. Anywho, let's yeah. move on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, yeah, I mean, that part just kind of whatever. So we it's go... A scene, it's a scene where Lex is involved and they're pretty much all bad. Yeah, um, actually, yeah. I can't even. I mean, so, except for the the very final scene, which I mean, even he sucked in. But at least you got a little bit of a glimpse into what was going through Bruce's head. Yeah. The uh, yeah. whatever we're getting ahead of ourselves. So 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 Lex visits the alien spacecraft and is able to uh, put in the USB and activate it. Um. Not only that, he's able to just be like, um, I'm gonna take command now, and like the alien AI that burst a hole through Lois Lane just for being not Kryptonian and the first one was just like okay but he had Kryptonian fingerprints he had Kryptonian fingerprints remember he had cut off General Zod's and put it on his hand to manipulate it in the correct So fashion. you're telling me the little robot? No, I you're telling me Keelix, hated this part You're telling me Keelix didn't know that he wasn't Kryptonian just because he had Neelix? Keelix Fuck anyway, you. Anyways, um, yeah, no, I completely fucking agree. This part right here, Sorry, like he cuts off the fingertips with his kryptonite, his kryptonite scalpel, Scalper. and fucking glues it on his hand and becomes General Zod. What so the I mean, fuck? I mean, they did say the ship was only like thirty percent functional, and I guess the seventy percent that wasn't functional, whatever, was like the um the 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 brain part of the AI. Like maybe that, it's that the was part like, that's supposed to fucking kill non-Kryptonians. That like, part was like not the working. Secure, the, clearly, the part that was down was like the security settings because he just walked in and he's like, "Well, I guess this ship is mine now." And the AI is like, "Yeah, that seems cool." Yeah, their firewalls are down. Yeah, yeah. No, no, like, well, like, there's, there's the whole part like when he's developing like, and he doesn't know it's going to be Doomsday all of his obviously, but he just like he puts Zod's body in the in the liquid. And it's like, yep, it's a dead Kryptonian. He's like, let's mix his DNA with this, and it's like. Nope, you can't do that because it's uh, against the protocols and the council has said we can't do it. And he's like, council's dead. And the robot's like, 
fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a good point. Yeah. I'm not a robot or anything, and I don't give a shit. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. I but, can be convinced and swayed very easily. <laughs> um, fun fact, and I'm going to take us back to the desert scene for a minute. The photographer... Uh-huh. Two things we didn't know here. Um, well, one thing we didn't know for sure, because they never actually... That's Jimmy Olsen. Even though Jimmy Olsen the fuck up. in the first one was Jenny Olsen, and still is. So apparently there's another Olsen. There, there's this, like, brother the and sister, twins, if you will. Like, photographer. Are they Olsen? Apparently. Um, so that's Jimmy Olsen. Uh, Jimmy Olsen also played a character named Grant in Smallville. He was, um, we find out later, he's Lex Luthor's half-brother um, that takes over the Daily Planet circa season oh, 8. Oh, yep. Same same that. actor. I haven't gotten any farther Wait, than that. What's, so, what's the actor's name? Uh, Michael Cassidy. I was hoping it was Jimmy Olsen, but no. Damn. That would have just been a little no. too meta. Um, <laughs> but anyway, fun fact, then, uh, because I watched Smallville, um, that because it has a good Lex Luthor in it. <laughs> uh-huh. What I have seen of Smallville, I did really enjoy that Lex Luthor. He played the maniacal, scheming Lex Luthor really well. And when he shaved his head, it was fucking amazing. He was bald the whole time. Not the yeah. whole time. Didn't he have yeah, hair a little he was, bit? He was bald the whole time. It's like a plot point when he's. I think maybe you're something. thinking about Michael Shea from uh, Lois and Clark. <laughs> maybe he right. had yeah. hair until the last season. That's the one. But anyway, um, that was just I I that was a detour because I yeah. thought it was when I watched the movie. I was like, I think that's who that is, and it turns out I'm right. Yeah, we're we're happy for you. Did, did we ever talk about the fact that why the fuck is that guy working for the CIA and? That's just kind of thrown in there and nobody cares. No, it was kind of a throwaway that we ignored. Well, yeah. No, it was... See, um, you know, having seen the movie now, I think we find out that that's sort of a plan. Oh, like, um, that, also, that's, that, I, that I get the feeling that that's like an implied uh, machination of Lex. With that character, why the fuck was he using film and not a digital camera? I, I don't know. Well, actually, th- because this... African dictators are very, very <laughs> suspicious uh, of digital technology. So, no, actually, I can I can tell you that um, if you're actually still doing newsprint and you're There's... laying you're laying out because I, I I did journalism for several years, I you still too. have to develop the photograph. Nobody's and, doing and newsprint. I I did newsprint. I was the sports editor at my school paper. Okay. Yeah, I'm pulling this, that shit. Good for fucking you. I was editor I in chief. All right. Fucking good for fucking you. <laughs> We didn't fucking use that. We used digital. So, I mean, there's some, and I'm willing to bet. Aren't you lot... like a year younger than me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Everything's okay. on the internet There was days. no digital in high school. There's no, two, I'm talking there's, college. college. Okay. I was talking high school. There's two reasons this happened. Yeah, college trumps. Number one, because it looks cooler on the screen, and everybody's a little bit nostalgic for our digital. Like, it just, it, it feels really? a little Do bit Do you want to fucking take that shit and develop it? Actually, second, yeah. second, here's the other True. thing. Um, some photographers actually still really do greatly prefer film. It's like when you listen to people talk about how vinyl's the greatest thing ever. Because it is. Yeah, it, it's like that essentially. Like there's a lot of people really who um, just prefer the old analog way. So anyway, th- why, why are we spending the time? I think on maybe this? it was why do just because it's <laughs> right now. Well, maybe. I just I I think that whole scene again was kind of a clusterfuck, and I'm sorry we ended up back there because I wanted to segue and and talk about somebody who was but hey representative no, of two no, no. different superman mythos um but yeah i, I get it they, they just needed bono to have an excuse to kill the guy that camera though that camera was a piece of shit wow like there's Sorry. no <laughs> even like even not being digital like there's way better fucking like analog <laughs> if you will cameras that still take film that are way better that's all i'm saying it's essentially a disposable point and shoot yeah yeah i have no idea we've lost 
track. Like this is out of control. Yeah, we way off the rails now. <laughs> anyway, all right, you you need to stop segueing like that. <laughs> let's let's move back into that's, where that's, we were that's at. That's in the not movie. gonna happen. But I know. <laughs> Did someone take his laptop away? <laughs> all right, where are we at? We're not in the desert anymore. I promise. We're we're, we're back to the desert. We have to start. Back again. <laughs> <laughs> so, in fairness, this is a little bit of the another kind of problem with the movie is it's sort of all over the place. It does. Like I'm having a hard time reconciling the order of which uh, things happened in the movie. Um, there are some things that obviously lead to towards others, but I, um, I think somewhere along the lines, we've had conversations between Clark and Lois and like, she's got a problem with him being Superman and being hated, but being together, there was something in there that I didn't care about because it didn't make any sense. No, it wasn't necessarily that she hated him being Superman. It was the fact that she didn't want him to pay attention to the people who were bad-mouthing Superman for what possibly might've happened in the Yeah, desert. but there was that whole thing where she's like, I don't know if you can be you. And have me, and I'm yeah. like, hmm. what? That was. <laughs> I think that was it's kind more... of a bitchy, self-centered move there, Liz. Yeah, yeah. I think that was more a, a thing to you can't be Superman and not be concerned about myself. Like you, you're gonna want to come to my rescue when I've got an African dictator holding a gun to my head. Yeah, but it turns out that's probably not a bad thing for her later on. True. Yeah. Okay, so I think there's really two things we can talk about, and then we'll move on to something else. So one one scene is the Lex with Senator What's Her Face, um, and she says some, you know, like <laughs> annoyingly colloquial, you know. No, like, I actually Southern, love this. This is one of the few things that I really like, liked because don't piss in a jar and tell me it's Granny's peach tea. Yeah, know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, but it, that actually serves a purpose, though. Like, it's not like yeah, it was just it's one not of those just a random thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's okay. I'll liken it to this. Because you and I both watched The Walking Dead um, TV show. It's not an Abraham line. You know what I mean? Like, it actually comes to fruition later. It's not like he's like, did you mean to make pancakes when you poured your batter? (laughs) My favorite is, that's about as hard as trying to pick up a turd on the clean end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... The, the walking this is a the walking dead I, yeah i mean I that's, got the, that that's the whole show that's what it's about actually yeah <laughs> picking up turds by the clean end no yeah. um yeah so this actually this this line actually means something later on and actually i think that's probably where we're going next in a roundabout sort of way yeah so the one other thing we got to get there because i think this happens around the same time maybe i'm gonna be wrong but the car chase Oh, are you talking about the uh, the bat car the chase when he was trying chase? to steal the kryptonite? Yeah. 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 So around around this time in the film, we have to find uh, out what the white Portuguese is first, which means they have to de- decrypt that shit. Right. Yeah, that's where we go so through this skipping. dream sequence that we kind of already talked about. Yep. yep. With the Flash's stupid costume. So yeah, Batman which, decrypts the stuff that like, he got from Lex Luthor. To be honest, when we have the this is a dream sequence, and we've kind of alluded to it. Uh, at first, we it, have... it's a dream sequence that's not a dream sequence. No, like yeah. I'm fairly convinced that this is uh, some weird way of roundabout way of um, showing us, uh, uh, you know, the Flash working his time travel shenanigans. Yeah. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm well, hoping this was a test, and that the negative reaction surrounding the Flash's costume will lead them to change it by the time we actually see the Flash. <laughs> the, the critics are failing. Well, and this when test. I first saw it, I was like, "Holy shit, that's Red Robin." Or not Red Robin, but um, Red Hood, or what the fuck ever Jason Todd becomes. You know what I'm saying? No, I knew it was the Flash because he sounded high as fuck. <laughs> I still, I'm having a really hard time with this guy as Barry Allen. I, I'm, I'm trying to follow Grant Gustin's lead and give him the benefit of the doubt. So, um, the Flash is first off. This is a little bit of a just a comic bookism, but most of the characters are, are you know, sort of these like 
big, you know, pi- pictures of, of masculinity. Like every character is six, four and weighs 240 pounds, this solid muscle. The flash is no exception. Um, Ezra though is tiny and he sounds just like whiny. Like, He's so fucking high. Yeah. He just, like, I don't know if he was actually high in the scene, but he just sounds whiny to Like he just doesn't have a, um, what, a, what like, else I'm not making fun. Does like I don't have, know? you know, he was, uh, one of the, I think he was the new intern at the magazine that Amy Schumer works for in Trainwreck. I did not see that movie. Unfortunately. Um, you're doing yourself a disservice. I uh, yeah, really yeah. want to see it. Especially if you like John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I see all of John Cena's movies. Um, you see all of John Cena in this movie. So. <laughs> uh, all of him? Well, he's got a towel over his wing, but just barely. How does he compare, do you think, to uh, Liam Neeson? Um, out of, The towel was sticking out a ways before it draped over. That's all I'm saying. Moving on. <laughs> and moving on. Past but Ezra Miller is in Trainwreck. That's, what I, that's the only thing I've actually, actually seen him in. Let yeah. me fucking pull him up. See if there's anything I've seen. Um, so we uh, I'm, I'm we get this weird right sort here. of dream sequence where Batman, and this is another stupid ass thing. Like I keep hearing this brought up all over the place uh, as a criticism of the movie. But in this dream sequence that didn't actually happen, didn't it's not real. It's not part of the, you know like it's not part of the regular narrative. It's like either a dream or some sort of weird art alternate reality thing. Batman uses guns. And I keep hearing and reading all over the internet and, and things like that about how everybody's pissed off that Batman uses guns. And this is not a good example of that because it didn't actually happen. People watched the movie. This didn't actually happen. Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, but by the way, people elsewhere on the internet are, are saying that it's it's Speed Force in the dream rather than Flash. The, speed the, force. The speed force is the Flash's power. The Flash uses the speed yeah. force. Okay, that's the speed force. No, okay. What they're saying, what they're saying is like, read uh, a fucking it's comic. It's not dude. a dream. It's the speed force, and he's using it. I've never read. Flash, what they're no. saying is like this Neither is a, probably, this is actually what a punchline. Is. What they're saying, anything that happens that's ridiculous in the Flash universe, uh, when you say why, the answer is because the speed force, like. More precisely, the entire universe that we have in DC right now, until they do the rebirth in June is a direct result of the flash using the speed force to manipulate time. Yeah. So, yeah. but well, but- and listen, we're going to talk about this probably off the air. What the fuck ever. I was not a fan of it for the simple fact when he showed up, it wasn't clear to me that he was the flash. I thought he was the red hood, which is a new comic thing. Jason Todd, for some odd reason had found some weird fucking thing and was coming back to, you know, and coming back to warn Bruce Wayne because that made sense to me. Did you just yell at Bryce and tell him to read a comic book? I did. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> but the thing is, is to, like there was like a covering, a mechanical covering that came back and showed up, and so at first I was like, "Oh, this is Jason Todd," because it was in that shape. Okay, I'll. You know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll bite at that bone. Um, yeah, that's why it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I. Okay, well, once okay. I realized it was the Flash, I was like, "What the fuck?" Alternate theory. We're seeing a flash from the future, the bad future. Mm-hmm. Presumably, we can uh, 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 assume Cyborg is now a part of this thing. I'm wondering if Cy- Cy- Cyborg is not somehow manipulating, you know, Flash's power in order to like beam that shit directly into Bruce's brain and screwing with his dreams or something like that. Or the problem well, and this, again this is this brings up the not idea. Not explained or very maybe the eventually the Justice League movie that we're gonna get is Flashpoint. Or no, here's the thing. 
this is this is what I what I hope is is the direction they're going to go with it is the costume is a concept. It's stupid. Everybody realizes it's stupid. I don't think I've heard anybody say anything positive about that particular piece of the costume. Um, so what I'm hoping is that it's time travel and that it goes away a la X-Men 3 The Last Stand. Okay, so back to the movie. <laughs> the, bat, the Batman, the Batmobile. We get to see the Batmobile in action for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, which um, upon my first glimpse of it in in one of the previews whichever one i saw it in or maybe it was all three of them or whatever the fuck it was like one of the first promotional stills we see is uh, uh affleck sitting next to the batmobile which and to be fair the batmobile doesn't really play a huge part in this movie well the way they cut it though it made it look a lot more like the tumbler from the dark yeah. Knight series it's like yeah. a, a fucking indie car tumbler this is actually a lot more scaled down than yeah. i had originally thought from the previews and whatnot um it, i kind of thought it was cool it's a lot sleeker yeah like, it's this definitely Batmobile. sleeker it's a callback to some of the uh, the designs out of the Dark Knight, not quite like a tank, but definitely, uh, I enjoyed it. It reminded I mean, me a little bit of Arkham. Yeah, in a good way. I like the Arkham Batmobile. So but, the fight scenes, like the the thug fight scene, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very Arkham. Yes, very. Yeah. I liked it. Um. So anyway, we get to see the Batmobile, and this is a point of contention for a lot of people because, uh, so for anybody that doesn't read Batman, why not? But if you didn't read Batman, one of the things you would probably know is that, or wouldn't know, is that Batman has essentially one rule, and that is that he doesn't kill. Um. This is this has come up in the comic books and in lots of the movies a lot of times. It even kind of comes up in the Dark Knight. Uh. Uh. The Dark Knight, actually, the Nolan uh, Dark Knight. Where um, the Joker basically is just a sick, twisted asshole. He keeps killing people. He keeps getting out of Arkham. Every, like, five minutes, you know, he gets put in Arkham, gets out again, kills more people. And, you know, the the big thing is, well, Batman just needs to kill him. This is, I think, actually the subject of the Killing Joke. Uh, that's a big theme in the Killing Joke is, you know, Batman needs to kill him and Batman won't because Batman doesn't kill. Well, and the, the beauty of the Killing Joke is the way it ends you're open to interpret as to whether or not he did kill or did not kill the Joker. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Um, so here we get I the Batmobile. Yeah. He, we get the Batmobile uh, scene where, um, first up, the Batmobile looks awesome. And I like when they're like, we'll shoot guns at him. And I was like, of course, the Batmobile is bulletproof. Come on. And they're like, we'll shoot a bazooka at him. And then Batman just deploys flares. And I was like, yep, that's Batman. That, was, that's that is so fucking yeah, Batman. Yeah, the chaff. Oh, that was yeah. chaff. I really, <laughs> liked, I really liked the chaff, the chaff actually. Sweet, yeah. What I liked more, though, is how smart Batman was in terms of utilizing the Batmobile and his surroundings. Because after he wrecked that first car, he's like, not only am I going to wreck it, but then I'm going to grapple it a la Luke Skywalker in a snowspeeder. Yep. And you're going to fire bullets at me, and I'm going to shoot a fucking car at you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. See, like, that shit was cool because all of that was just, like, so, so very Batman. Like, the the absolute ultimate tactician sort of badass Bruce oh, yeah. Batman. And it really displayed, uh, most of the time when we see Batman earlier in earlier movies, there's less of that actual thinking of what am i going to use this in order to fuck you up with it's a reaction to the the bad guys let's beat the shit out of them and move on but no for me this scene kind of highlights that he's thinking ahead he's planning and he's setting shit up mm-hmm. so the the contentious part of this scene is that batman grapples that car 
and then basically drops it on a couple dudes. And I don't think there's any like he, he turned him into jelly. Basically, there's yeah. no there's no like uh, well, maybe they're sleeping. Like well, it's the, like the dudes in the car time. in the car that he grappled. Also, like he was dragging it on top of the car and shit. And, yeah, like, like there were still guys in that buildings. car before he launched yeah. it. Whatever it was, he launched it at. So, yeah. so there's yeah. at least four guys that most likely are like. At the minimum, yeah, this, severely this, crippled. This isn't like the end of Begins where um, he's like, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. This is like, nope, I'm going to fucking wreck your shit. This, <laughs> like, this Batman was like, well, I guess if you're dumb enough to shoot bullets at my fucking Batmobile and then not jump out of the car after I wreck it, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> the, yeah, like, These kids, oh, I'm going to teach them a lesson once because I'm never going to have to do it again. <laughs> Hey, guess what, guys? Congratulations. I'm not going to brand you with my bat symbol. Yeah. Instead, I'm just going <laughs> to fucking turn you into jelly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is where I think one of the major places where we first see, like, exactly how brutal this Batman is. Um, yeah. And how, you know, little, you know, I guess he might have said, oh, well, I, I didn't mean to kill him. But, you know, let, let's not bullshit ourselves here. Uh, he, he certainly didn't care too much about killing him. Cause no. He, he totally did, and there's not really any ambiguity. Like, you don't go like, oh, well, maybe he can walk away from that. Like, it's not like a, oops, I hit him too hard in the spinal cord, and I accidentally killed him. It's like yeah. a, no, I, I threw him through the air in a car and smashed him into another car at, like, Mach 3 or something like that. Uh, not to and mention this is that he, a highlight he, of that brutality that we're talking about. They've got yeah. airbags, right? Yeah, not, not to mention that he busts out the guns on the Batmobile and, and shoots the guy that was going to be shooting him with a... You mean a, shooting the guy that has the minigun yeah. and shooting it yeah. at the fucking Batmobile? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all and self-defense, I'm, though. And I'm pretty I mean, sure, I, no I'm pretty sure those that. weren't rubber bullets. <laughs> yeah, no, see, that's how they, they kind of tore that it. shit up. So. That's how they get away with it in Arkham. Like, you shoot him with rubber bullets. These are definitely not rubber bullets. <laughs> like, they, if they're rubber bullets, I mean, they tore through the back half of the this truck. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure human flesh is not going to stand up very well. Right. Yeah. So, Anyway, anyway, yeah. but uh, yeah, awesome, awesome scene with Batman in the Batmobile and and the chase, and ultimately Batman doesn't get what he wants either. But yes. he has attached Ooh. a homing tracker, correct? Which somehow stays attached despite the entire like top and back half of that fucking being vehicle being off. And it's, removed. And it's it's, here's it's the, on the very edge. This is the one like super comic booky part about this movie that was like almost comic booky booky to a, a point of of cheesiness, and that is that homing beacon. Yeah, was giant. And flashing, and it really reminded me of the tracker that they put in the in the um, uh, big bad dinosaur from Jurassic World. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. yeah, 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 yeah. But for sure, it's even worse because it's like standing on the edge of the thing. Like it's not like you stuck it on the bumper, right? It's or sitting there, and Lex Luthor is in the same building, and this thing's just like. I swear <laughs> to God, like one of the one of the bad guys, like the the. Um, the the main bad guy uh, that we first see in the desert, I swear to God, he looks like right at it, and he's like, "Well, I guess they installed a new whatever the fuck that is on the truck." It's you know? definitely a Wi-Fi. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, we got Wi-Fi on the truck now. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. So yeah, that that was a little bit like, it's almost too in your face to you know to be to the point of stupidity. And the thing that I really liked about this is the Batmobile scene. This really ends with Batman as he's going around a corner literally running into superman and bouncing off like <laughs> that was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah like you saw it in the previews but you didn't really fully appreciate what was happening uh, until you didn't, you saw you didn't it know how we got from point a to point b yeah. like you saw point b in the previews and then all of a sudden you're like oh that makes sense See, but another point but, that it was just like why are you doing this why are you putting this in the trailer right. that reveal would have been like, so much superman cooler. just full-on ripping the batmobile in half 
also did Why not have to be. Why was that in the trailer? Fuck yeah, that, that was awesome. Yeah, that didn't have to be in the trailer at all. Like, it's so sudden, and especially the way it happens, it's so sudden Like uh, that if they hadn't put that in the trailer, you would never expect it, and it would have been a brilliant way to introduce the character. But since they put it in the trailer, you're just like, well, they're in the Batmobile. It can't be that long until we're to that scene. I'm yeah. going to subtly point out to you that you're the only one that has any beer. All right, hold on. <laughs> All right, we're back with beer. Yep. Um. Okay, so during the, the, the dream sequence with the stupid Flash costume that we spent way too much time hating, hating um, the the drive has been decrypting um, with his weird uh, Linux software that uses Windows backslashes for folders and whatnot. Yeah, you know we noticed that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what version of Linux that is. Maybe... maybe it's some it's, it's some it's, it's called bullshit os where no no um, it's a super elite it's, hack it's, sore version of the Linux bat that you don't os even know about. come on uh bat, bat os they, i bat they're what actually they call it i think like this universe might actually have a bat os like yeah. they wouldn't call it bat os but he he would no they like, called it omac and it was the entire like reason for infinite crisis hmm? that's like the 1960s <laughs> batman version of something it's just yeah. like we have bat os <laughs> That's hey, also like listen, the Batman and Bat Robin. Shark repellent, okay? To, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, to, yeah. to be fair, when the New 52 launched, Batman full-on marketed the Batman identity and sold Bat tech to other people to be Bat people. So That's true. Yeah. He did. That's what the uh, whole new... Batman uh, Incorporated. Yeah, Batman Incorporated. Which Batman actually, Inc. And then uh, what was the other one that's with the black dude in Africa that was Batman? I uh, forgot the title of that one. Batwing. Batwing, yeah. Which Batwing's legit. The Batman Incorporated, I really enjoyed the storyline and the art. Uh, they just they ended it, and I was I liked it. See, the only exposure I have to Batwing is from um, his tie-ins with the uh, no, owls. No, I, I I maybe yeah I guess yeah I that was I really enjoyed that. But uh, I I only remember him really from the Bad Blood animated movie in which he was Lucius's Fo- Lucius Fox's son. And basically stole a bunch of bat tech intended for Bruce Wayne. Yeah, no, this was... Um, I don't remember how Batwing got the tech necessarily, if he bought it or whatever, or if that was Bruce's inspiration for like incorporating Word. bat stuff. But yeah, that was that was a kind of a big deal anyway. at the beginning of New 52. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, anyway, so Bat OS has been decrypting. Uh, Bruce has two bad dreams, one of which wasn't a dream and was a stupid Flash thing. Um, and then he was like, oh, no wonder she wanted this picture because it's of her from 1918. Yep. Yup. Uh, which is cool. Um, and it also lends credence to the fact that the Wonder Woman movie coming up next year is a period piece. It's yep, actually yep. set in 1918 or 19 or whatever. Um, one of the things they did with the photo that I thought was really cool, Chris Pine was in it. Yep. Yeah, I was like, oh, Captain Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and one of the things that I really like here... He's banging the natives. Nice. Is, um, <laughs> in this, with the, the re- reveal of this picture, he not only do you see a few times. the period re- reveal, but also you kind of get an introduction to the Wonder Woman music. It starts to kind of play a little bit in the background. You mean the Xena music? Yeah, the oh. Xena music. <laughs> and, like, i not going to lie, I was getting pumped up there. Um, I'm not going to lie, I hated every fucking thing about that music oh, really? really yeah because oh see it's not very often we disagree so strongly but well, i really like the one they Woman overdid music. it yeah. that was the thing like it was so prevalent over the the main score it was like every time she was there it was like Wah! 
you know? And I'm like, I was like, can we fucking not, like, for a minute? Like, is that possible? The, the, I don't know. I, I, I will. It. I will. Okay, so I'll give you that, actually. I did like the Wonder Woman music, especially when we get the big Wonder Woman reveal towards the end of the flick. Uh, but yeah, it is vastly different. Like, it is like a, um, you know, like, suddenly hearing... Um, I don't know, like the Backstreet Boys at a classical music concert or something like that. It is, it is pretty jarringly different. Actually, that's, I would really pay to hear that. To that's, that's, that's kind of like here's the thing. Backstreet's part of the reason back. I hated it. Right. Part of the reason I hated it was because of the fact that I hope, with every fiber of my being, that the Wonder Woman movie isn't just fucking saturated with that. See, in the in in its own movie though, I'd totally dig it. It's also not Zack Snyder directing, so I think we've got a good chance that it's going to be substantially different. That's true. Um, so, but I'm going to go with Eddie on this. I really enjoyed it because for me, it changed the tone of the movie at a really good time to change that tone. All right, so I'll make you a deal. Every time you talk from here on out, I'm going to go, <laughs> and we'll see how long you like it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> that fucking sounds good to me. Okay, uh, so I guess I'm the ahead, only person shit. in this room that that didn't even fucking remember that music at all. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. That, if anything, it was more like a drum, like sort of this drum with like a very... Um, um, no, it was very definitely... Wah! It was an electric metallic guitar. Standing. It was yeah, definitely like... guitar. It was... But it wasn't as fucking high-pitched and annoying as you're making it seem. We'll see. We'll go find this on YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure it's there already. Um. So yeah, Bat Bat Batman decodes the shit and finds out about Cyborg and all that stuff. Um, I don't think we see that on the screen. We just basically see their symbols, which is really nice of Lex to design, like have his designers come up with some symbology for these guys and conveniently he... like place everything in its own folder. Yeah, like labeled metahuman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I do it. Um, here's my biggest problem with that whole thing. Where'd he get her email address? Did she leave it on the device when she put it in his glove box? I don't know. Like, because <laughs> it's like Wonder Woman at hotmail.com. Like, yeah, like Wonder. <laughs> okay, I've got the Wonder Woman. Uh, okay, I need to hear this because I don't remember it. Yeah. I don't know that we can actually play that on. That nobody's going to be fucking listening and sending you a cease and desist order. I promise see, you that. See, it's got the drum. It's got the drums okay. there. Okay. And there is that. It's, it's very tribal. YouTube. It's very tribal, yeah. Yeah, but you're playing yeah, the totally actual done. piece, whereas the way it's cut in the movie is every time she's on screen, it goes... Oh, man. Yeah. If anybody was listening, they're not anymore. <laughs> it's um, all right. This is for us anyway. Also, interesting fact. Uh, Chris us. Pine plays Steve Trevor in the movie, which, which is the Steve Trevor is a modern character, whereas mm-hmm. this movie is set in 1918, so that's going to be a different that, that twist on, on the Wonder Woman mythos. Yeah. Well, I really think yeah. it's going to leave her open to the relationship with Batman that we see in a few comics. Actually, the relationship that she has in the New 52 universe is right definitely now, with yeah. Superman, yeah. definitely with Superman, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Superman's got Lois Lane to kick around, so... Well, we'll maybe for like a minute. Did you, see that? Did you see the look that 
Lois oh. shot it at Wonder Woman when she first saw her. She's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, who is this bitch? Excuse me. <laughs> no wonder you were late saving me. <laughs> yeah. You you were a quarter second later than you usually are. Yeah. <laughs> so you just like, I actually almost died this time, all right? Come yeah. on. D- did you fuck her? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have taken long. Trust me. <laughs> Which brings up the question, and this is a question that was raised by Kevin Smith in oh, fucking Mallrats. So we've seen that Lois is definitely fucking Clark, a.k.a. Superman. Do they use protection, and does he blow a load through her back like a shotgun? Here's the deal. Superman has to use, like, a, like 2% of his strength in an everyday thing, like, without breaking shit. Like, he's obviously mastered the art of not fucking ripping doors off hinges and shit like that when he walks through things. I'm pretty sure he can nail a chick and not kill her. But the thing is, is I'm not talking about the actual act of nailing and no, her. There's I'm no kryptonite about... condom. No, of course not. He doesn't even know kryptonite exists up before this movie. I'm talking about the involuntary act of ejaculation. He does not control that. Sorry, that was Bryce ejaculating. <laughs> <laughs> Involuntarily. Um, I prefer volunteer. It's not a con- you don't consciously control the speed of your semen out of your urethra, do you? I mean, you don't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, tantric. Back on topic. Shit. Shit. I mean, first that's... off, do you think that he has he's been tantrically trained? Uh is Superman like he he could read the Kama Sutra in like two seconds? Be fucking realistic. Um. Yeah. fuck you alright let's move let's move on let's move on also yeah I had this when we were watching that scene when they're in the tub I had this exact same thought yeah no I did too part part of my job here is I think just to be contrarian to say for the hell of it so okay okay let's 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 just suffice to say that Superman is the master of pulling out oh But then, why don't you see, like, holes all over the fucking apartment? Because he's also the master of masonry. Like, it turns out, no, 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 it turns out that Superman's cum is a very good analog for, like, like spackle. <laughs> right. right. It's like a wound. It's like a lightsaber it's that cauterizes self, the wound as it goes through. It's like, it's it shoots through the wall, but then it also reseals. All they gotta do is just dab a little paint on top all of it, do, and they're no, good. You just need a little plaster knife. You just flatten it out, and it's good. <laughs> And you know what? That happens enough times, that wall's never coming down again. <laughs> the guy. Oh, it's the most adhesive adhesive on the planet. Like, the next time Metropolis gets wrecked, the, there's just, like, one apartment sitting on the ground. And somebody's like, Lois, how the hell? <laughs> they, don't, but, they don't actually rent the apartment next door is the problem, is the thing. Like, the, the, the walls are filled with super semen. Don't ask. Like. Yeah. You don't want to know what the next door apartment looks like at all. That's, that's not, uh, that's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm okay. sorry, but I just like had to build on the Kevin We're Smith right on question. Track. Right on the rails. Yeah. Anyways, yep. Yep. Um, <clears throat> all right. So he's emailed Wonder Woman, and as Eddie pointed out earlier, he did not CC Superman on on this email. Yeah. Which he really, if you don't, he, he yeah, if you don't CC Superman, it's really going to make him. Bitter. Well, Superman's a little bit younger. He, you know, uses Snapchat or, or like <laughs> Slack or something. So there's there's two key points here that we that they don't spend a lot of time on. One is that. Somebody has obviously broken into LexCorp and stolen the kryptonite. Lex rolls in on his little Kawasaki Ninja or whatever the fuck that was. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. pissed off because very obviously his shit's gone. Um, so you get to that point. And then we also see uh, Martha Kent getting kidnapped by the same bad guy that we saw in the desert and some other shit that by now we know is working for Lex anyway. 
Um, so we see Martha Kent Bono. Kidnapped. We can just call him Bono. It's, it, it, he did kind of look like Bono. It's Bono. Oh my god. Hell yeah, he did. I didn't it's even Bono. fucking put that shit together. It's evil Bono. He's <laughs> well, not raising money for kids in Africa for, to for play listeners that have been He's introducing attention. AIDS yeah. to kids in Africa. There are starving people in Africa. I need you to cut yourselves. Framing Superman Commit Africa. suicide right now for the kids in Africa. <laughs> All right. Jesus. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. We, we we see Lex gets his shit stolen and Superman gets his mom stolen. So that's two things that happen right there. Um, and then that kind of leads us to two things. One, Batman at this point has already been confronted by Superman. Uh, uh, we, we did miss that we scene. Missed... We didn't talk about the scene where Superman goes to Batman and is like, you're done. Don't don't no, be Batman anymore. We, we, started we, we missed, about... missed kind of one of the bigger parts of the movie, actually, where, no, where Superman goes to court. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, again, because we're not sitting right here, I don't remember the exact order of how things yeah. go. We also didn't even talk about the dude with no legs. Yeah, well, that was at the beginning. Fuck and that then dude. Not really until the end. So, so uh, Actually, in, in the it directly beginning, ties into the scene that you're trying to get yeah, us to no, talk about. It does. But it, <laughs> until this scene, though, like he kind of doesn't doesn't really mention him much. It, it's this dude who uh, worked for Bruce for, Wayne. Yeah. And he, he had his... He had some shit fall on him when Superman fucked up the city in the very beginning slash the end of Man of he's, Steel. He's a victim that Bruce Wayne has set up a very generous fund for um, to pay out the victims that were injured in this whole... Dude. All right, Le- Legolas. Legolas, dude. Legolas. Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> Lego, Legolas, Legolas, Legolas. Legolas, Legolas, Legolas. So this Legolas dude uh, has, a, has a fun setup for him. Um, Actually, that's a cool scene, cool scene we skipped in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, when he climbs the statue and shit. Well, that part, and even going all the way back to where he gets the injury, when um, you know half of uh, Wayne Tower falls on his leg, uh, and Bruce, Bruce deadlifts Bruce it comes, off. Yeah, he just comes. He's like, "Well, it's just a fucking giant girder." It was a it fucking eye right. beam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's no. been working his deadlifts, man. Even yeah. though it didn't show it in the montage, he no, really that, has. No, that that is that is a cool scene, and. Um, we don't really know who the guy is even when we see it, which is another another thing that this movie does really well at is shit kind of happens with no explanation, but then later on it plays a part. And yeah. that's why I'm so down on the critics right now for panning this movie so badly is because see, that stuff it does really well, actually. It's going to pick it up. And also, uh, some of the things that the critics hate are probably going to be picked up in the next movie. There's, exactly. Just like, a- just like the destruction from Man of Steel that plays a part that we knew would at some point there's yeah. a ton of things in this movie that people are shitting all over that really are actually kind of done subtly like right this is another example of like it's just sort of in the beginning it's done subtly like that's just another guy bruce is saving and then that comes back and plays a factor you know as we get into the actual movie well and and here okay movie aside this is what pisses me off a lot about the reviews right now from the critics, not necessarily the fans and the fans are kind of divided on it as well, but we still have a 73% approval rating basically. That's pretty fucking good. Which is pretty good. And a hundred million dollar box office just for Friday or three Friday. Nice. So 180, we're 180. I'm sorry. So yeah, I mean, we've got a giant box office. We've got a good fan rating. Here's what irritates me. The critics have either never read comic books or Disney is paying them a shit ton to dog on the on the Warner Brothers DC shit because honestly we got pulls from two really good storylines from comic books right now and I'm not even going going to go into the second one but the Dark Knight Returns obviously is a pretty ambitious goal to even pull anything from Fuck which yeah. which they did well and the second one which we'll get to when we get toward the end of the movie and stuff cuz I don't want to blow the lead on this one 
Or bury the lead. Or I want to bury the lead. Yeah, whatever. You already blew the lead. Who are you? Who are you blowing? You. His name's oh. Lead. Oh, yeah. No, um, no, I don't want to. I don't want to blow that necessarily until we actually get to the end of it because it's actually a pretty important part of this. Um, and 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 a, another thing that I was like at the very end kind of made me want to stand up and just give it a yeah, like a slow clap. So the thing about this movie is that I think a lot of people and I think the reason the critics are giving it such hard knocks on is as a comic book fan you know all this shit like you oh, yeah. see all these easter eggs you see all these like um you know like where they're pulling the storylines from and it makes you just appreciate it that much more there are like from a pure like movie filmmaking standpoint there's a lot of weak points in the movie like i'm not going to sugarcoat it there are th- this movie could have been massively better uh, um but it's still good like but at the same time and like you said from the comic standpoint like, there's so many little Easter eggs and drops in there that hint to so many different storylines that are present. Like, they DC can take this movie and go almost in any direction I'm, and be like, well, it started right here. Yeah, yeah, see, that's the thing. This movie, the the problems that people seem to have with it are the same problems that people seem to have with Star Wars Episode Seven, And... There were Nazis in it? The, <laughs> and, and the whole thing about Star Wars Episode Seven for me was that movie never was going to be and never should have been anything other than a giant homage for the fans like that's it it was it was fan fiction at its purest oh so hell yeah should have been and that's and that's what this movie is as well and i think we're going to see it flesh out more as we go through with future installments so see but this like the i think we already talked about this already but um man of steel like we had a lot of the same sort of criticisms from Man of Steel, and those arcs are playing out in this movie. Exactly, like, the, people are taking an incredibly short view of this film in a lot of ways. Like I said, though, don't get me wrong; there are definite weak spots of the movie. For as much as I'm saying well, some of and- these parts are subtle, there there are a lot of parts that are subtly told in this movie. But there's a lot of parts that aren't really meant to be subtle. One of the things just I want to ineptly told. I want one of the things I want to bring up is you look at the MCU. And the way at the end of their movies, they're like, here's an Easter egg scene that's pointing you to the next movie. The DCU is not doing that. They're assuming that the moviegoer is going to have read the comic and know the storyline enough to be like, okay, this little drop piece here, this is the uniform of Robin that was beat the fucking shit out of by the fucking clown. And so you're going to know that. There's a lot of people that don't know that. Well, here's the thing. Warner Brothers slash DC has taken a much more ambitious approach to their shared universe than Marvel did. Marvel, Marvel, because this had never been done before, had to kind of tread lightly mm-hmm. and just put their toe in the water a little bit to kind of feel how things were going to go. Just the tip. Exactly. Well, and they did that with the, the, this, the Incredible this part Hulk. Actually, and that movie fucking tanked. The, but then with Iron Man... Here's the thing about the Incredible Hulk. It's not that bad of a movie. Well, this, well, Iron Man was first, and I don't... Incredible Hulk was first. You're wrong. Definitely wrong. Sorry. I thought that it was... See, Ang Lee Hulk We're talking was about first. the Ed Norton one. But that the Ed Norton after. Incredible Hulk movie was actually the second installment. How long after? I thought they were very close to together in the they same year. They weren't super far apart, but Iron Man was first. Iron Man's Here, like go ahead 2007. Look it up. It's fine. I will. I'll look <laughs> it's like, it's up. like 2007 and 2008. I'm almost positive. But anyway... um, Yes and no. So there, this is another part that that I think is a legitimate criticism of, of this movie. They're trying to cram way too much into it. And like, I would have much rather have seen Batman set up in his own standalone flick before we saw They're the movie. same year, 2008, by the way. Oh, okay. 
Iron Man was first though. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, like I'd have much rather seen Batman set up in his own movie, not an origin story. This Batman, I would have liked to see him, you know, like sort of um, grow into the this sort of like angry, frustrated, you know, Batman that you know kills people, sort of Batman. Yeah, I, I feel like the, they're. The it Batman was first movie by like two do. months. Fuck you. <laughs> They're still not wrong, uh, but I, I feel <laughs> yeah, like I feel like <laughs> I feel like they wanted to introduce Batman this way, and that they're going to move on and, and develop him from here, this and is, probably do some flashbacks to explain why he this was is, the way he was. This is what I equate it to. You're right. This is how they intended to introduce Batman. You're fucking right, I am. The same way that. Uh, Captain America Civil War is the way that they're going to introduce Spider-Man into the series. It's not going to be a standalone Spider-Man movie. We're not going to get that until afterward. Um, I, I feel like Spider-Man will be more like Wonder Woman, though. I, yeah, I don't think movie. he's going to be as as Spider-centric in Civil War as Batman no. was to Batman versus Superman. But this movie is very specifically called Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I kind of expected Batman to actually play a little bit larger role than Superman in this, and I wasn't disappointed with that because he did. He I did, mean, yeah. that was we we and had we his even, origin story in, in Man of Steel, movie. yeah. So, and we haven't even really said anything to this. Uh, fucking Ben Affleck rocked fucking Batman. I think we talked about that. A couple we times. we kind bit, of yeah. we haven't directly. Said I think it. I might have said something. Along I think the lines I think like, Eddie still has um, a little bit of best Batman ever. Something something. <laughs> Eddie Eddie has a little bit of Batman yeah, still on his well, chest. Okay, okay. So, hold on. Before before we go there, I do I do want to uh, make a comment about how DC is handling this versus how Marvel is handling this because I I think that that it's really important because with Marvel they had a whole lot of introduction movies and a whole lot of origin story movies and a lot of those say you know captain america accepted a lot of those it, it just seems like hey all this shit happens to be happening at the same time so in, D- in dc we got our superman movie and and that introduced you know superman got here this is how he became superman and everything but batman's already been doing his shit for 20 years you know it, it's it's like this shit isn't all happening at the same time it's like the real world where you know, you don't just have like fifty different things happening all at the same time. Just, everything just, just so happen. Everything just so doesn't happens. happen in a serialized manner. It's exactly. Not a, it, yeah. Exactly. It's a living world, and 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 Batman's been involved in the world. Well, and Batman's been fighting and, crime and shit for a long time. And here, I said this like almost a year ago when we did our first podcasts, uh, first few. Don't take the wind out of my sails. <laughs> DC is trying to put a man on the moon when Marvel's been there for a year already. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. And and. Not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, because I think they kind of need to play catch up at this point. And I don't even really have a problem with how they're doing it. I think they rushed things a couple times and there's some things they could do differently, but I don't ultimately care so, well, and I that, think they're, they, that they're putting as much content as they are and because I'm enjoying the content that they're giving me. And I me. think when you look at it, when you come from Marvel and the DC point of view, DC has two of the most recognizable <laughs> characters, period. Across the world, Superman and Batman. Well, and so they're introducing them, and they're you're getting new versions. We don't have the uh, Brandon Routh Superman. It's not Christopher Reeve. It's not the uh, Chris Nolan Batman or the Christopher uh, the fucking um, Tim Burton Tim Burton Batman. This is a brand new incarnation. Whereas with with Marvel, you have the previous X Men movies, which let's be honest, there were a couple of those which were fucking those were horrible. But still, they're Marvel. They're Marvel. But what he's saying is 
the huh. same universe. And that's that's the advantage that DC has over Marvel is that yes. as Warner Brothers owns DC in its entirety, there's no characters that are licensed out anywhere else. Yes. Whatnot. Marvel's properties are kind of split up in yes. a lot of different places, and that's actually why we haven't gotten so, the second Hulk movie as well, is okay, because Universal a, still has partial a, rights to that. So There's a couple of points in there. Um, so number one, you're right. We've got some of the biggest characters ever. We don't need another origin stories. Everybody knows their origin stories. Uh, that's not necessarily true with a lot of the Marvel properties that have come out with part of the MCU. Especially with ki- Guardian- especially with people who don't read comics. Yeah, Guardians, Ant-Man. Ant-Man and Guardians even stick argue, out more. I would even argue that, that Captain America and Thor... Probably amongst the main, Thor especially, main, yeah, Thor more so because Thor was kind of always gay. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean, I mean people are just like, the fuck is Thor? Why does he talk like a queer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Which, hey, to be honest, honest Thor, I mean, I mean yeah. you will respect that particularly, Matt. <laughs> well, no, I mean just that's that's the way people kind of have always thought about Thor, though. He's like, why why does he talk like that? That's weird. Yeah. Um. Which speaking of which, complete side note. I was in Bookman the other day. There is a Return of the Jedi book that is written as though Return of the Jedi was a William Shakespeare play. Oh, yeah. Nice. They've got them all. Yeah. Shakespeare does Empire. Shakespeare does A New Hope. Yep. They've got Jedi right now. That's the one I saw. It, 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 I, I picked it up and leafed through it a couple times, and I was it's like... It's fucking humorous. Yeah. yeah. So, That's pretty good. Yeah. So, but, anyway, back, back to Donna Justice. So... We do. You're right. We have these big characters. That Fucking have, slave driver, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Focus for five seconds. Um, we have these big characters hours, that everybody assholes. knows. We don't need There's to do another. Like I said this at the beginning of the thing. We don't need to do another Batman origin story. Everybody in their mother knows Batman's origin story. Like I could ask my two year old, and he'd probably spit out like he got his parents dead, and then like we'd move on. Um, <laughs> everybody knows Superman's from Krypton. Like. Uh, everybody knows maybe Wonder Woman is a little bit weaker but these characters generally people know but okay here's the thing if they did Dawn of Justice this way and they weren't so ham-fisted in some of these manners you don't have to explain Wonder Woman yet just like with Man of Steel you you do not have to explain the city getting wrecked yet you can do that in the next movie that can be something that's a big part of the Wonder Woman flick like how she got to where she is the Batman flick how he got to where he is in Dawn of Justice that could be a big like and I hope it is I I hope 2018 Batman actually kind of is not the origin story necessarily but I hope it's set prior to the events to be honest and this is my hope and I'm gonna go out on a fucking limb here I want it to be the death of Robin. Yeah, because that if would we, be amazing. If we didn't, man, go all, if only you hadn't interrupted me, I might have said that already. If Fuck we didn't you. go all meta, <laughs> if we didn't know that Dawn of Justice wasn't the original plan, then we, this would be a perfectly valid way to go with these movies. We could just decide, you know, okay, we've got Superman, we got a jumping off point, and here we're going to introduce a bunch of characters, and then we're going to start fleshing them out. Like we, we're all we're getting is an introduction. We're getting our teeth. We're you know we're getting our teeth wet a little bit. We were just finding out. We're who putting these the tip in. Are. That's, yeah, that's that's here's the thing. I I really think that at some point there was a meeting of the minds, so to speak, between Jeff Johns, Zack Snyder, and the execs at Warner Brothers, where there was a, a big picture laid out. The only thing I have a problem with is their communication that this is high level, big picture. Don't take this as the entire story. This is a piece of the story. That's the only thing that Marvel does with their movies that DC hasn't done so far. With is and that's 
give the expectation that this is a small piece of a very big puzzle. Yeah, they they again, if if it was more you know played directly as an introduction, sort of um, rather a lot of it just comes off as being clumsy and Donna Justice that doesn't need to. They they don't necessarily have to start like with this whole thing. It's just that a lot of people watch. First off, maybe this is just too high of expectations from the audience because this is already something we've seen with Man of Steel. You know, with the destruction of Metropolis and everybody saying, "Oh God, I can't do that." You know, that's not Superman. Blah blah blah. And now we get to the the next movie, and that's a big plot point of the next movie. I think that's going to happen a lot with this series of movies. Um, and I I think you know it's kind of partly on the audience for not being smart enough to figure that shit out. Yeah. Well, and, and and you look at it and you you think to yourself this is going to be the trajectory, and for me, uh, and I'm going to say this and probably bite my words, but for me the way I would look at it is because you want to be able to have a property that you can regenerate, and what I would do is in the DC the next Justice League movie, do a version of Flashpoint where you can replace. Batman, you can replace Superman if their deals cut, if they're too old, whatever. So you can go back, reboot it, and have a new universe. Nah, it's too soon for that, but yeah, here's yeah, here's my thing. Yet. I'm just fucking saying. Here's here's my thing: is I don't want DC to follow the Marvel route. Yeah, because for as well as Marvel did it, if DC tried to do the same thing, there would be that many critics and fans. It's a copycat shitting on them. Yeah. For that, too. For sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So all they need to do is keep doing what they're doing right now. They just need to be a little bit more upfront about their intentions. Marvel wasn't given the luxury to be able to throw this much shit into one movie and and have people still follow along. Because if they failed, they fucking failed outright. And it did injustice to everybody who was going to do a comic book movie or anything else. Yeah. They have to do a movie where... Or not anymore, but at the time... They had to do a movie where everything started and finished, and if never, if nothing ever happened afterward, it was still a complete movie. Iron Man. DC lives in yeah. an, in a in a in, a, mm. in an age where Marvel already laid out that that framework, so they don't have to do that necessarily. They can do a movie that doesn't necessarily end with that one movie, right? But they do need to be a little bit more explicit and a little bit more clear in explaining that this is a small piece of a bigger puzzle. That's yeah. that's my yeah. only complaint. Well, and they did leave the breadcrumbs. I mean, you've got the picture of Wonder Woman with from 1918 that you're going to go off of. You have the sneak peek footage of Cyborg, Aquaman, and fucking See, the Flash. That, that's the part I would. Yeah, just, but that was gift wrapped and fed to us. Yeah, it was gift wrapped and like, fed to take us. That part out of the movie. That was the spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. Like that. Yeah. That it didn't need to happen. Well, I agree. Okay, speaking of that, let's actually get back to the that's, to the movie. You know, well, 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 we, well, we still are, are not going to spend I'm, eight hours. I'm going to go on record as saying that I, I concur with Mr. Summers. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get back to the movie. At which point we were, we were in the middle of talking about this dude with no legs. <laughs> and, Wait, what the fuck? And we got we got a little bit off track there. Legless, Lego, Legolas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so, the guy so, who had the building dropped on him and then uh, Bruce Wayne deadlifted to save him. Thank you for the uh, one, when we last left this. Last episode, <laughs> when last we so, saw our heroes, so this, <laughs> so, so uh, Lex gets in contact with his dude, and I, I don't exactly remember how. I think he was he was 
probably being approached. He, oh, he actually painted this shit on the sign or on the, on the statue. Yeah, the, Superman. The, the legless guy so, climbed the Superman statue and painted false, false god. False god on it. Okay. It actually so, really, I, I enjoyed that. that was, scene. Yeah, I thought that was actually cool. It was a great scene, scene and, and, it, and it made a really awesome visual as well, which which Zack Snyder is is obviously good at. I think we can all which, agree and on that. Not to but, like draw parallels, but you see that as kind of a parallel to some of the uh, you know people protesting against war and stuff like that mm-hmm. and because this memorial looks a whole hell of a lot like the oh, yeah. vietnam war memorial but well, it's not accidental. i mean a little bit not accidental at all um but but so so lex gets in contact with this guy and gives him a fancy new wheelchair and says hey i i i want to say fuck superman can, so can i just stop you real quick yeah. and just say that the scene of I him mean, rolling into his anyway. little apartment yeah and Lex sitting there in his little wheelchair going doot, 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 zipping around. That's one of the few scenes with Lex in it that I was like, that's fucking funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, probably another thing where, where they're trying to show that Lex doesn't have much of the way of personal boundaries. Yeah. Or, that, you know, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Tact, but but whatever. Uh, be that as it may. So so he meets up with this guy, gives him a new wheelchair, and says, hey, I want you to join me in my fight against Superman. Um and, and and the guy jumps right the fuck on board. Right. And here's another scene, too. And that's as soon as he signed up, they're like, um, so Legolas Legolas wants to have this meeting with the Senate and Superman and whatnot. Um, and then Bruce sees it on on TV and he call immediately calls his his dude that I guess runs the company or whatever is like. Why isn't this guy getting his checks? And then they're like, oh, well, he's sending them all back. Yeah. The only thing that I don't understand and this was never explained, is is he sending them back with all these things? Or is that something that Lex has been doing in the background to so set this whole stage at, up? At the end, it makes it seem like Lex was doing it the whole time, but you know he shows a whole bunch of checks, and I know that Lex hasn't been hanging out with that dude for that long. No, so. but has he been... Was he wise? Was he savvy to this kind of bullshit? Because this guy's like, I've got nothing! But he's obviously got thousands upon thousands of dollars of money that never got cash or whatnot. See, there's right. a secondary part of this, too, which is... <clears throat> This whole thing is set up like the next scene where um, Legless uh, blows himself up. Yeah, dude, spoilers. Well, he Sorry, doesn't bro. blow himself God up. Damn it. Yeah, we don't, don't know that. I, I don't know. If I don't think he did. I do think he's complicit in the act. Yeah. But anyway, probably. This whole yeah. scene is set to get Batman pissed off enough to fight Superman. So how does Lex know Batman is Bruce Wayne? Like he's got to have known this point for months. Like. At the very least, to get this all you know set in motion and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. That's that. This this part doesn't actually like this is never explained, and this is one of the one of the weaker points. Um, there's that there's that piece of it, and also there's the piece of it where they're like, all of a sudden, there's a big explosion, and this is kind of actually one of those things that I I was talking about earlier. How DC's doing these things that the payoff isn't right when you see or when they speak the line right away but it's later on in the movie mm-hmm. this goes back to what eddie was saying when he was when uh she said i can you can piss in a jar and call it grandma's peach tea and i'm not going to drink it the hearing is amazing because superman flies in and he's there and he's standing there and all of a sudden she looks down and she's trying to speak and she sees this jar it says presumably full of urine and it says grandma's peach tea Mm-hmm. And it was so fucking was well done. Like really that part of it, that she picked it up and took a drink. Obviously, she did because that's why she was so rattled. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my take on it. No, 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 no. She didn't. She was so rattled because she she remembered that line from Lux, and she was like, "What the fuck is ha- going to happen?" Like, I don't yeah. think she expected the the quite what was happening. 
or, or what actually happened, but it was it was intended. to I be really rambling. hope she picked it up and took a drink. That would be funny. <laughs> I want to watch me. it again just because I want to see if she takes a drink of it. Yeah, yeah. Before she, it really focuses she, on that, she you know definitely I mean? does not. Not not even a question. She definitely does not. But any but I, from either way, memory, she just kind of looks down. Either yeah. way, but next time I watch it, I'll definitely her shit is shaken up bad. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and I this. think the important thing to note is when you look at this. Not only does she look at this drink and go, "What the fuck," but she looks up. And while Lex Luthor's uh, consigliere, like, hit mercy is there, his chair is empty. He's the only one not in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he had a throwaway at the beginning of the scene when he was talking with her, oh, which you know. said, you know, essentially save a seat for me. Yeah. Uh, when, when he kind of had some, some witty banter with yeah. her. So here's here's two things. One, or, or not two things necessarily, but this is the second scene that has to do with Lex that I actually didn't hate. Mm-hmm. First one, obviously, being his little shenanigans in the in the so, motorized chair and shit like is that. It because he wasn't in this one. <laughs> yeah, so I was just gonna say. Yeah, no, actually, actually that that does play to his benefit because mm-hmm. in this particular part of it, like obviously he's like save a seat for me, and then he's not there. But there's a sign in the chair that says Lex Luthor and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mercy is his top aide, and he fucking and he's totally away. just like yeah, whatever, blow up. Yeah. Yep. And that does serve to tell the story of how sinister he actually can be. Which well, also makes me wonder if if uh, Legolas was in on it or not. Allowed. Well, and for me, I think that if you take those two scenes, the here, I've got a wheelchair, why don't you have it because you deserve it, and the save a seat for me, to be honest, you can take out everything else that Lex Luthor does, you put those in there, and you allude to everything that he does, and that's a much better character. This movie probably would have told a better story, or at least told the same story more efficiently, with Lex not being in it as much. Yep. Yeah. I fully agree. You could even have him be the same batshit crazy that he is in this movie, with fewer scenes, and it wouldn't have detracted from the movie as much for me. But honestly, I just, I still don't feel like the Jesse Eisenberg Lex is Lex Luthor. Well, and I would argue... And he's probably not meant to be, because they they make allusion to the fact that it's his kid and everything else and maybe this is a character we've not met before but fuck all that here's a thought i'm not happy about it you take out all the scenes but the one with the introduction of the wheelchair the senate and the last one where he's having superman go be his fucking errand boy you take all the rest of them out i think that would have made for a much better lex Luthor character those three scenes and that's it or very close to it. Unless... <laughs> I, I don't know. I just... I would have recast it. All right. Yeah. Well, we, we've, we've talked There's nothing about that, though. I mean, obviously... Who would you cast? Gene Hackman? No. No. The front runner, which was uh, fucking Walter White. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yes. That that yeah. was that was who the, the lead was rumored to be. Um, and honestly, I think the only reason they didn't reach out to him is because that was already... The expectation. The expectation. So they're just like, oh, we can't do that now. They're expecting it. Yeah. Which I think is a dumb way to, to go. Oh, yeah. Because that would have been fucking It amazing. has to be something else because he's just too good not to cast. He would have done it too. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see him in Godzilla? He would have done it. He would have done it in a heartbeat. He, he did fucking Godzilla. At it. This anyway. is just like, I, did you ever read Wizard Magazine when you were a kid? Oh, hell yeah. Obviously. I, I love the part. The dream castings. Yeah. Like, they were, yeah. like the. If. If people actually made comic book movies, who would play these characters? Like, one of the first ones I remember reading was fucking Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Yep. Like, yeah. that was legit yep. in there. 
And then they showed him an X-Men comic, he was just like, why am I on the cover of this? Yeah. Like, this it was, was like, it's a great fucking story. <laughs> right. And so, like, all that kind of shit, just because that's what's expected or that's what the dream casting would be doesn't mean you don't have to do it just to fuck with people. Like, you, mm-hmm. you can cast the appropriate people even if that's what people are expecting oh yeah, yeah. This, this they tried a little too di- too hard to be different and it doesn't work well at all like this is this is i think uh eisenberg trying to like pull a pull a heath ledger and it, it just did and, not well he's yeah. not heath yeah. ledger he's typecast for a fucking well, reason and here's the thing like i said that in my review on uh rotten tomatoes and i can't even remember exactly where it was but it, it's something like you take chances like you you don't make a good movie without taking chances but sometimes those chances don't pay off yep. and that's that's exactly what this was that's true so i mean fucking still, they kill they kill goose in fucking top gun still a good movie all right let's um but, okay so the, the ship blows up that. i do it was and fucking everybody's saying what the fuck did superman either should have known it was going to happen or uh yeah maybe maybe he's not so super after all that's sort of the message that we're yeah. getting across, as I recall. He blew up the chamber, a bunch of senators, random people, and a legless dude got killed. And that's that's yeah. what Superman's problem was, too. He he was in a position where he was there. All of a sudden, the, the whole fucking building blows up. Everybody's dead, except for he comes walking out of the smoke and ashes. So, so we, we're going to kill Well, and the great came, thing you know? is they very deliberately, he was questioning himself after that. And I, that, I don't have a problem with that. Like, that was the whole thing. Is like, I didnn't see it coming. Yep. And I, I wasn't paying attention. I was yeah. not ready. And Superman. I should so, have been aware. So, so due to that, Superman elects to, to disappear and go get uh, solitudinal for he, a while and get, he, get a Kevin Costner cameo. He goes, he goes and becomes a hobo yep. on a mountain. He, he goes and talks to his dead dad. And yeah, and for no I mean, reason whatsoever, uh, he hallucinates. But yeah, that did not serve a purpose in any way, shape, or form either. Nope. Not, I mean, not a good one. No. Mm-hmm. Like, it just is like, okay, so Superman has to be crazy to understand how things are supposed to be i think i think maybe um <clears throat> zack snyder was was hearkening back to some of the other movies that he's what made I, in the past here's the thing when i first saw him walking through the snow i thought maybe we we're gonna see the fortress of solitude or something like that and yeah. i was oh, my yeah. hopes were so yeah, high we were, and then uh, i see a dude we like thinking about stacking that. wood and i'm or piling rocks up and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> like and when it happened i was really confused i was like what the fuck is going on and then kevin costner shows up and i'm like oh so superman dropped some acid no, here's the thing too, and I'm one of two people on the planet that doesn't have a problem with Costner's Bye. Jonathan Kent from Man of Steel. I like Jonathan Kent from Man of Steel. I'm the other one, right? Right. Okay. So <laughs> there's, there's fucking three of us. So, but then when I saw him again, I was like, "This doesn't need to happen." No. Yeah, yeah. This is another like awkward dream sequence that doesn't shouldn't be in the movie. No, it didn't serve a purpose. All right, so let's move on from that. Um, so <laughs> we we go from that to all of a sudden. Is this the second time Lois is in trouble? Yes, because yeah. Lex kidnaps her. Now we're getting we're getting well. She's into been the she's been third. researching this bullet that she found, and she figures out that Lex Corps made it. Lex Lex kidnaps her. Mm-hmm. He's hoboing around on a mountain. Superman, right? He Superman, and, and then Batman and then has been Lex... going through a couple of montages: the the workout montage and the building the the iron bat suit montage, which you can't really make out. Lex, I think it's more the spear, but whatever. Lex in... There's that too, yeah. Yeah, Lex Making in the, the ultimate yeah. uh, James Bond villain move uh, does this great exposition to Lois about the entire plan. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are retarded about this scene. Again, how does Lex know that she's connected to Superman? He doesn't. And so he pushes off her building. I guess you could say that he has an inkling of an idea based on previous events from Man of Steel. There's no real reason for him to have those inkling of events unless he was literally watching it, you know, on the top of a building with binoculars. But well, whatever. We missed two um, years, to be fair. Like, and then the second, it, it could, it could. It, uh, I know. I'm just yeah. saying it's it's clumsy non-exposition. Like yeah. they they don't they don't explain that in any way in the movie. They show. And then they the don't second, tell. yeah, the second <laughs> part is yes, we caught him monologuing, except for he didn't get punished for it like Syndrome did. Like we need to, you know, like. <laughs> When you just it's a trope now, folks. It's a trope. You that, cannot just tell the that an, plan. Yeah, was that an Incredibles? Yes, oh, that was like, Incredibles. That was, that was amazing. That was a great yes. callback. And oh, you know yes, who would have made an awesome Lex Luthor on that on that note? Jason fucking Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Hell god. Yes. <laughs> Hell yes. But he's all crazy into god Scientology now, so I don't know. He's still cool though. He's one of the few that I can actually say that about. Like I still uh, like the dude. He can still make good movies. I mean, he didn't name his kid Pilot Inspector. No. It's like so, Frank, he's like Frank Zappa. All right? So this this movie Fucking or this movie unit, <laughs> yeah. This particular scene was just another excuse for him to go, ha, ha, and then invade her personal space. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that to be fair, tap her on the forehead. He, he did, he that did, would be an invasion of personal space. Yeah, he did sure. push her off a building directly after. And right. Then, that was really cool. Like the way that Superman caught her, I, I actually really enjoyed. That you know scene. what I liked about that scene? It was more on the lines of hard sci-fi where he caught her and then continued to dive downward so as not to fucking snap her neck or turn her into yep. jelly yeah, just by stopping her. Yeah, down the yeah. fall. Like, that actually made sense to me. He's like, hey, Spider-Man, check out how this is supposed to be done. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, oh, sorry, oh, Gwen. Shit. Oh, oh, snap. Oh, anyway. Literally. <laughs> anyway. Snap. Um, Maybe it was more like a snap than a thunk, but whatever. Uh, yeah. And then a little bit of blood trickling out of the nose. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, yeah, you're my on. hero right now. Um, you're welcome. So, yeah, there was that. Um, and then that leads us into the ultimate showdown. Sh- not ultimate really destiny. ultimate, though. Just, just, just the whole, like, you have to go fight Batman now. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I was just going to say, <laughs> led into by the worst, worst speech. Like, just every part of this movie would be made God by... versus man, and now God is not God, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. The, okay. the ultimate right. gladiator match in the world. <laughs> that was that was previous to her yeah. falling. But, what yeah. the fuck you, you missed the boat on that one, buddy. Suck a dick. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, that whole scene, every part of this with Lex in it is like, like just not it. good. Let's, contrived. Let's, let's, contrived is yes. the only way that you can talk about Lex Luthor's dialogue in forced. this. So, so I, yeah, we can, we can, we've covered plenty of, of Lex and how much we, we dislike a can lot of his stuff. So talk about Superman, the fight. Yeah. I'm saying that we need to, we need to move along to the fight, so. which is, which is one of the problems that I don't have about this movie. Like, and I, I'm going to clarify, I overall and still enjoy this movie as much as, as oh, we're yeah. like picking it apart piece by piece, you give us two days and as many hours as it takes to record this podcast to talk about it, we're going to find some faults. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, but the movie overall was enjoyable, just not Lex Luthor for the most part. And there was a couple pieces that were forced, but um, the fight scene, the the greatest gladiator scene known to man, mm. or how the fuck he said it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. this well, part. <laughs> and I want to, I want to say this about this. 
I liked it because it played the personalities of Batman and Superman almost perfectly. No, this is this is one of the ultimate pieces of the movie, and another point where Eddie's totally right about the marketing. Batman in the tank suit, we didn't have to see that in any of the previews. If we'd have seen that for the first time right here, I would have pulled my dick out in the theater. <laughs> really? I mean, I would have done it again. I mean, not off. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, no, like, that's... Did you that's, ever put it away? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not lying. There's a couple times where I had to look over at you and make sure you weren't like actively touching yourself during. Dude, I during almost the movie. pulled my shit out during this scene because. <laughs> okay, because you know what they didn't give away uh, in the previews was some of Batman's dialogue, which I was fucking dying at. I loved. Oh yeah, I loved the shit he was saying to dude, Superman, dude. First off, can oh we talk about the smirk? God, like the Batman smug smirk, like you're a little yeah. shit. Fuck you. Loved it. Like I, I, he, he's like, I know, I know, I've got an advantage you don't know about, and that you're not expecting, and I'm gonna fuck you up because of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that 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 part even before Superman even gets there, when it shows Batman with his kryptonite spear mm-hmm. burying it in the ground, and like he knows at some point oh, that this yeah. fight is gonna lead back to that spot, and he's gonna just fuck pull, him up. Pull Chekhov's gun out of the fucking floor. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. yes. I totally, oh I totally agree. And again, to Sam's point, and to your point, and to Eddie's point, and to my point, Ben Affleck mm. stole the fucking show with this movie. Like, Ugh. fuck yeah! Like, I want to. If anybody stick ever saw an evening with Kevin Smith and listened to Kevin Smith say Ben Affleck could play the shark in Jaws, mm. and didn't believe it, they believe it now. And I just so, want to say Ben Affleck plays a dick, and I'm pretty sure the the shark in Jaws is a dick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. There's a couple things about the scene. So number one is uh, Ben Affleck, yeah, is amazing in this. But the the thing about this particular scene that I like is that when you just stop and you you just put it on the board, forget the comic book history, and you just say Batman, he's a guy who dresses in a suit, has batarangs, and can do ninja shit. Mm-hmm. Superman, he can shoot lasers from his eyes, is basically invulnerable, and can fly. Like, there's no reason that Superman should ever lose to Batman. There's no reason that should ever even be a contest. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, and, and you know, again, this is kind of a comparison. When you talk about the Justice League, there's Batman, there's there's Superman, uh, you know, all the things I just said. There's Wonder Woman, basically the same power set, except for she's also got a cool lasso. Um, and no a laser sword. Eyes, and a sword. Yeah. The cool shield, you know, etc. We've got Green Lantern. And who, who's jet. Yeah, basically Green Lantern, who's basically magic. The Flash, <laughs> who the fight's over before you could even possibly perceive it's happened. You know, all these guys with these amazing power sets. And then there's Batman, who for all intents and purposes is just a really cool fucking regular guy. Just a rich dude. <laughs> and so the, the, the thought, and especially after what we've seen with the Nolan universe, is how does Batman stand with Superman, you know, on the same playing field? And this movie does a phenomenal job of showing you that. Like, this movie shows why Batman is what, why Batman is Batman. This is the movie that shows you why Batman belongs in the Justice League. And it's because of shit like, you know, this whole fight scene. The other thing I want to say about this, switching completely, is it's almost like a rom-com with the whole, like, if you would just tell me what's the problem, like, they wouldn't have had to fight. And we could have all made up and saved this whole trouble. (laughs) So, here's the deal. Anybody that's ever watched Sons of Anarchy or Breaking Bad or anything like that, it's just one of those things where if people were just honest from the outset, the whole thing no problems would actually arise. Yeah, like if Superman would have opened, like, dude, I don't want to fight you. He kidnapped my mom. 
Like, oh, fight over. Okay, let's go. Uh, we'll go check. We'll go get that. Wait, your mom's mate is Martha. All right, let's go. Yeah, you yeah, you just, go take care of Lex. I'll go get your mom. You know, yeah. though, like, the, the the point the point about that line wasn't that. Oh, our moms have the same name. That's that's something cool. I think the point of that was before that, Batman viewed Superman as an alien. An unfeeling... He didn't view him as somebody with parents, except for the fact that the only thing that really detracts from that point of view Mm -hmm. is the line when he's just like, I bet your parents told you you were special, that you mattered. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. That's the only piece that detracts from that, but we don't know if he's referring to his alien parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and still, it... Because Batman, for all intents and purposes, has no reason to believe that Clark was raised as a human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... Exactly, and that, and I think that's what it does is it kind of humanizes him, and he says, "Oh Jesus, you're, you know, like like you you were raised here, like you 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 care exactly as much for your parents as I did for mine." Here's and the thing, I, and if I knew that my mom was in that situation rather than fucking dead thirty years ago, uh, I'd fuck I'd, shit up. Yeah. I've I've been reading comic books since I was a kid. I knew their parents, their their moms were both named Martha. Mm-hmm. Never. It fucking wasn't put it together. until this movie that I was just like. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, was such real, a, right? it was such a deep pull. You're just like, wait yeah, a second, like, they are. Yeah, like you, yeah. I'm gonna like yeah. never once did I actually know it at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, like you yeah. know it inherently, and you're like, okay, Martha Wayne, got actually, it. Actually, when this scene Martha was happening King. on the cool. TV, it, on on the screen, oh, I was like, on the TV, on the on the big TV. Uh, on the big when the screen was when the scene was happening, I was kind of like, Martha. I was like, Kent, something Kent, Martha Kent. Is it Martha Kent? Because uh, like, I'm like watching it and I'm like, I know this shit. Why is this yeah. so hard to figure out? Yeah. It, okay. But, but this is the second part. I, I did not like this scene. Um, th- what this is supposed to do is humanize Clark for, for uh, Bruce. This is supposed to humanize him. And it sort of does, but not very well. Like, I think there's a lot better ways that they could have... Oh, yeah humanized uh clark in the eyes of uh bruce and, and you know made him fight on the same side like let's just say for exa- a second that that's when doomsday showed up that's when doomsday showed up and there were innocents involved and we could see clark then be self-sacrificing at that point that would be a much more convincing way to show uh, uh um bruce and the audience that um they shouldn't be at odds. Like the whole point up until this issue or up until this is that Bruce thinks that Clark has the potential. He doesn't know. He just thinks he has the potential to be this world ending dickhole. Um, and and so this scene is supposed to show us that that's not going to happen. Like it's supposed to convince Bruce that that's not going to happen. And the way that they do that isn't really actually that effective when you stop and think about it like that he's got a mom everybody's got a mom serial killers have mothers that doesn't mean that they're not going to kill more people um the way that they would have uh better executed this i think is that they somehow showed that clark was naturally self-sacrificing yeah which you know when we get to the end of the movie this makes a little bit more sense uh, um or they, they try to do that a little bit better but we shouldn't wait it all the way to the end of the movie. This should not, you know, this this should have been a sufficient reason to give Bruce pause, but not to completely change his mind about Superman and be like, oh yeah, we should be bros now. Well, that's, you want to go have, you know, practice karate in the garage? That's the thing. Like, Superman had every opportunity because he's fucking Superman when he showed up on that rooftop to be like, hey, here's the deal. Lex kidnapped my mom and he wants me to kill you, but I'd actually rather if you just help me get her back. Yeah. And then and that I'm whole scene becomes fucking irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, but then the best dialogue in the movie doesn't even happen. Not the best. No, yeah. Because eh. to me, to me anyway, it's it's after Batman hits him with the fucking kryptonite bullet and he fucking 
is beating the shit Gas out of him. Grenade. And he cuts him. And he's talking about how he's not human and shit. And he's like, you're not brave. That fucking line for me, I was just like, oh. uh, yeah, but here's yeah. the thing. Like that whole line right there mm-hmm. was worked in to play out later on. Again, one of those things that they do subtly and whatnot, but it could have been done in a different way. Uh, yeah, of course it could have, but I, I thought and, and that was granted, fantastic. Granted, was. the movie is called Batman versus Superman, so at some point we kind of had to have this fight just for the namesake and whatnot. I just think it probably could have done in a smarter way. That's my only problem with it. I like the scene, like the actual fight between the two of them was cool as shit. Um, I just... like okay. I don't believe how they got there let's was necessarily this, how they needed to get there. Let's bring this back to whatever he levels. Like, uh... This is like when you're watching porn and they're like, well, that's somebody's sister. Like, who gives a shit? Everybody's somebody's sister. You know, like, I'm still going to watch the porn. Like, that, Spoiler alert. That's I want to see that guy really fuck her, sister. too. Yeah. That's like, not really his sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bring her in, then. And by the way. That's what the, this is the equivalent scene here. And it's just not that effective. Like, it, it, this is one of the most jarring points in the movie for me this is one of the points where it's like yeah i get what the critics are saying a little bit like uh, granted i get that batman like this is another thing we didn't really talk about but this movie batman's legitimately fucked up like oh yeah, yeah. He, oh, yeah. This, oh yeah this is not like we normally picture batman being this like ca- cool calculating dude who's like totally rational and he does all this cool shit this batman is actually fucked up to like a serial killer level like oh yeah um Mm. And, and so I get that that would give him pause here, but I just this is not where they should be like, oh, we're we're friends now. Like that that might have slowed him down. Like that should have slowed him down or made him think about it a little bit. But like I don't see that being the, the you know the breaking point. Yeah, it and was. I don't, I don't see that yeah. being the point where they're like, oh yeah, this Superman guy's actually all right. It you was know? it was too quick of a turn. Yeah, and mm. I think that's another product of of being very ambitious with the story they were trying to tell and to get us to the next level and stuff. And I I, I get that. Uh, to an extent, but I think you do that in the first hour, you plant that seed, and then in another half hour, 45 minutes, then it comes to fruition, not plant the seed, and then three and a half minutes later, he's like, all right, I'll mm-hmm. go get your mom then. Yeah. yeah. The, the other the other part that, you know, it, it just chalk up to, you know, shitty writing, storytelling, etc., is we see Superman essentially saving people left and right uh, in this movie like there's like a like superman goes on a saving people montage essentially and bruce is still like oh man he's the he you know like he might level the earth like why is he spending all of his time saving all these hey, people if there's a one percent chance you yeah. have to treat that as an absolute certainty yeah but then like again then he c- goes back completely on his you know so anyway mm-hmm. it just the, the way that they did it is just way Changes way too quickly mind. and it screws up the the movie in general like that and- that was by far, like I'm spending a lot of time on this just because it is to me the worst part of the movie. Uh, yeah, on that's that not as, as much as the fight scene is one of the cooler parts of the movie. Oh, yeah, you like, need the, the fight actual scene. product of that scene is one of the weaker points. You need the fight but scene. It moves it's got to happen. Into you just got to figure out a better way to get it there. And a scene which for me was much more satisfying, and that was the conflict against the the big bad at the end. Which we will be right back for. Hold I, on. I do have one problem. And we've already talked about this before. But that's that I knew exactly what the end of this movie was going to be. Okay. Except okay. for one exception, which that. we'll get to that. 
which we'll get to. Maybe but you shouldn't have watched the preview, bitch. The whole Doomsday thing, the whole, you know, like, we got to team up to fight Doomsday thing. Like, they shouldn't have showed that shit in the trailers. No. That should have never, ever, ever, ever been in the trailer. Yeah, because if you just say Batman versus Superman and you leave out the fact that, hey, we're going to fight Doomsday, like, it adds a whole new dimension. Well, here's like, the thing. If you're marketing, every- if you're marketing a Batman versus Superman movie, you don't want to blow the fact that they're going to work together at the end. Like, that's the whole thing. First like, off, we all fucking know they're going to work together at the end. Like, there's no question. Everybody in the world knows that Batman and Superman are eventually going to get together. Have they be bros. Yeah. but Seriously, though, we didn't know Sucker Punch was going to suck until we watched it. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. But still, <laughs> we all knew Superman Point. and Batman were going to get together in the end. What they, what they did with putting Doomsday in the trailer was tell you exactly fucking why. Yeah, that's, that's, that. that's why I didn't watch exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> In a nutshell, that's exactly the the, the problem. Um, and that speaks to almost every problem throughout this movie, which, granted, again, all of us gave it a 4 out of 5 or 7 or 8 out of 10 rating. So, like, we enjoyed the movie, but that doesn't mean you didn't fuck up somewhere along the way. Um, oh, I just I had just enjoyed it a lot more. Like, if I would have gone into this a lot more blind, I probably would have given it, like, an 8 or a 9. Right. Okay, so here's the deal. Lois shows up. He's talking about his mom. Okay. I can accept that. Whatever. It's fine. First off, Lois had to fly the fuck over. Well, here's the deal, though. This is the reason I don't have a problem with it. She's an innocent. Batman's not going to fuck her up just for being there. I accept that. Even though he was in a bit of a psychotic state state at that point, like, she's still not the bad guy. Um... I am a little annoyed by this too, actually, though, because Lois should realize that like this is not a fight she should be anywhere near. Like, and she should realize like Clark just got done telling her exactly what she is to him. Right. Like literally, he said, "You are my world. You are the thing that gives me faith in humanity, etc." Blah blah blah. Um, maybe not uh, quite as overtly, but literally just gave that to her. Like she should know better than to go run into the middle of danger where collateral damage is an ine- inevitability. So here's the thing. They sort everything out. She takes a spear, throws it into what a random pool, a, a weird random abyss. Yeah, she's like, you know, it'd be better than securing this somewhere. Uh, just tossing it into this bucket of right. water, yeah, right. far away from Superman. As I in can. the middle because of whatever building we're in near the harbor. No, the effect of kryptonite is decreased very much when you put it in water. It's like a nuke. If yeah, it if yeah, it detonates exactly. underwater, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and like the radiation, that's why they put the rods at the bottom of pools. Because you can just swim in the pool and you're fine, as long as you don't dive down. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Anyway. That's true um, So they're like, okay, so there's a bigger, badder evil that's going on right now. So Bruce snaps out of his psychosis and is like, oh, you have a mom? That's cool. I have a mom, too. And they have the same name. So here's the deal. You go fight this big, bad thing, and I'm going to go get your mom. Yep. That leads us into the cool fight scene that we talked about earlier between Batman and the thugs. And there's a lot of them. There's more of them in the building than we knew about from the previews, but uh, also yeah. it still wasn't a ton different. So we, we get, I want to say, probably about three quarters of that fight. In 70, the 80%. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's again, it's a little ridiculous because this is like the penultimate scene in the movie or one of the penultimate scenes in the movie. Why are you showing it in the trailer? I did like the resolution. I thought the 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 end game of that particular scene was kind of cool, and oh, and I liked the dialogue between awesome. Martha Kent and uh, and and Bruce when she's oh, yeah. she's like, "I'm a like, friend of your sons. I'm a friend of your sons," only in this weird modulated voice, which I 
They Again, explained yes. it. They, they explained, explained that it. shit. I liked it. Yeah, yes. I liked it. Yeah. And she's like, uh, I kind of figured because you know the, the cape and whatnot. <laughs> I kind of figured the cape. Yeah, maybe I'm the one person in the universe. Like, I don't know. That that fell a little flat for me. I was it, just it like, was. Meh. So here's the deal. It was flat, mm-hmm. but it was cute. It was definitely. Yeah. That's. I mean, that your grandma could enjoy that. You know it what I mean? Like cute. that's just one of those things that like it is the one moment in this movie for your grandmother who yeah. is alive. Yeah. So that's one of them. Yeah. Yes. So I didn't have a problem with that, and uh, honestly, Diane Lane didn't really have a ton of opportunity for dialogue in the movie, so you got to give her it. something. Um, totally. There you go. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the meantime, we've got Doomsday, who's dumb, like just. Uh, you know, Doomsday angry. To me, yeah. uh, Doomsday yeah, yeah. resembled like more the of like the uh, he resembled the Abomination to me. Kinda. You know what? He actually looks like the cave troll in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh my that, god. He grew his shit though. He grew. He grew his yeah. spikes after. That's. Yeah. Thank you. Which I because, like that. I like that a lot. I was when I when I saw him initially, I was like, eh, not he's Doomsday. not spiky and bony enough for me. And yeah. then I realized that every time he detonated, he like was growing, things shit. changed and. I kind of thought that was cool. Like every, every time they hit him that, with a nuke, that actually was fine. Yeah, like, space. I, I like that. Yeah, like I got no complaints about that part of it. Um, and the only part that I have a problem with is like Lois is like, okay, number one, she doesn't know that they need the spear. She's just like, I just threw this in this pool of water. I guess I'll dive into it in the middle of this colossal fucking oh yeah beat yeah. down. Well, okay, so. There's a lot of problems. She with the did end of this. know that that Doomsday came from the alien ship, so thinking that he's Kryptonian probably makes sense. But still, are you gonna fucking dive down okay. in this fucking they, pool they of water? There die. is actually yeah. a point in the in the dialogue where they're like, um, you know, he's Kryptonian. Or like that was between like that. Batman and Wonder Woman, though. That's yeah. what I was just gonna say. But I don't think Lois is anywhere near for that. No, okay, so she's this a goddamn to... journalist. She can figure shit out. The, but this is where I was going back, you know, a second ago with like. And what does she do? Five seconds, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to check the, the, the spear in the lake, like you said. And then two seconds later, she's like, oh, yeah, I better go get that. Like, oopsie. I, I need that again. Yeah. That's the and one. then what does she end up being, though? Collateral fucking damage. Like, five mm-hmm. seconds later, and she's that's... like, damsel in distress. Hey, Superman, instead of fighting this world-ending doomsday creature, why don't you come save me again? Because I, you know, can't tie my shoes properly. And That's trip. the crux of it. Like, here's the thing. Like, Batman says, okay, I'm going to go save your mom. You go take care of doomsday. She doesn't know anything more now than she knew in that scene, but for some reason she's like, I'm going to dive down into this pool that I just threw this thing in, and I'm going to go get it, and then I'm going to get trapped, and then Superman's going to have to save me, and then I'm going to glare at Wonder Woman. Yeah. It, okay. Well, the- you, you, you didn't fuck did that introduce uh, Wonder Woman because Batman's in the Batmobile. <laughs> No, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's got a plane to catch, motherfucker. Like Wonder, Wonder Woman's, Woman's on the plane. plane She's on a motherfucking plane sitting there, and she sees this newscast, and she walks off She's like, oh, to throw man, on fine. the armor, don the shield, and the fucking circlet. I actually, actually kind of like that. Like she's like, I don't know. I'm supposed to be into and like, uh, I, know, I, like, I actually oh. liked it because of, of especially the way airport security yet. works these days. Like she's just walking off, and the lady's like, um, ma'am, Miss Prince, mm. um, mm. um. Stop you it. you can't do this. Like, to, to, just fucking walking off the plane. See, She's like, like I got the, off. I got the feeling, and I hope this is in the director's cut. That like they've already started like taxiing out to the room. right. Like, yeah. and she's like, just gonna whip out the sword and cut a fucking hole in the right. Plane. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that would be really cool. But okay, so back to the scene. They're so, they're fighting Doomsday essentially. And 
and and one of the big things that I really like about this scene was as much as as in the Batman versus Superman uh a fight you know Batman is is kind of like an equal due to you know him being Batman and and kryptoniting things and everything Batman is way the fuck out of his league against oh, Doomsday, fuck yeah. and he knows that, and he's just like sticking as much to the side as he possibly can, and like just kind of sitting back, being like, See, "This Holy is also fuck. the thing I like about Doomsday, or this whole scene too." And we kind of skipped over it a little bit, but Batman actually has to lead Doomsday back to the port, which mm-hmm. again they almost laughably point out like several times that like there's nobody in the port; it's unoccupied. It's like we don't deserted. have to worry about it. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't so, have to worry um, about blowing everything up. <laughs> but I like that uh, Batman. You know, like th- this shows the hero that Batman is, is that he decides to go ahead and lead Doomsday back to the port. Yeah. And in even though he's basically totally fucked at this point. Well, there's another thing that I they think explain we that over. actually better than they explain anything else in the movie too. And it's like he's like, okay, I've got one round left. Talking about the the kryptonite grenade yeah. things, and then the spear which he knew was there somewhere. Yeah, he was talking to Alfred. Yeah, it was when he was talking to Alfred, and so he leads him back to where he thinks the spear is and whatnot. And like, not knowing that Lois, Lois Lane threw has it the earpiece so she can talk to Alfred about it. Well. And can we just point out that, that Alfred is, is now Jarvis? Like, uh, sort of. I would give you that if it wasn't for the fact that in the comic books, that's the way Alfred's been for much longer than yeah. Jarvis has been Jarvis. Okay, no, no, no. Though, in, the com- in the comics, though, at least... Uh, all right, I, I I'm not you as caught up reading. on the most yeah. most recent shit, but in the comics, it's not it's not like Batman's out doing his thing and he calls up Alfred and Alfred's just like actually uh, it's, 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 a, it's a lot like that. It's yeah, a lot. Like it's a lot dude. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> may, may, maybe my Batman comic knowledge is, is a lot. Your your but... tits a little bit out right now because it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. Okay, so well, so he he shoots like he comes in on Doomsday to lead him back and he shoots at him with his 50 caliber machine gun which does fucking nothing. Okay, f- we Pisses need to pause for a second cuz we're skipping actually one Everybody of my has fa- beer. What are you talking about? What <laughs> fuck it, hold on. One of my favorite scenes in this movie actually happens right before this cuz why does why does Batman have to lead him back? Cuz Superman's busy being you, the victim of a nuclear warhead in space. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We forgot about that because he he punched Doomsday into space, which totally badass. Okay, hold on. I have the floor for a minute. No. Okay, my wife and I watched Smallville when she first got into it. We got caught up to the current season and whatnot, and then like they fight, Clark fights whatever, and I and I one of the things I told my wife is like, I'm like okay here's the deal. This doesn't make sense to me because he could literally throw him into space. Okay. Supergirl, like three, four weeks ago. Uh, and you know what I'm talking about when when Kat brought in the other assistant. Best line in the world because Kara's like, uh, I could throw him into space. You know that, right? And I was like, yes! Yes, you could! Okay. Do it, do it, do it. So then... We get this movie, and that's what fucking happens. Like, Clark's like, huh, there's people down here. I know. Up there's empty. <laughs> Boom! That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking rad. And then the president's like, arm the nukes. Launch. Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. And yeah. I'm like... And one of the things I loved about this is you get the the shrunken Superman from the nuclear launch. Dude, he was fucking dead. Yeah, like that. It was like legit. for all intents and purposes, like oh, he's yeah. all like emaciated and shit like that. Which is straight out of the um 
the Dark Knight Returns, uh, the Batman versus Superman Frank Miller yeah, thing. Yeah, there's actually a lot of places where they've done a similar thing. Like the other thing would be Flashpoint. Flashpoint, right? Yeah, has a uh, Batman who's essentially exposed to similar conditions to the Red Sun, and it's mm. not until he gets out into the regular sun when you know the Justice League essentially saves him that he becomes you know more like the Superman we know. Uh, mm. Anyway, that that's why I love this scene. The, the second part of why I love this scene is because. It fucking vindicates Man of Man of Steel. Everything you bitches were complaining about Man of Steel <laughs> when Superman was like uh, wrecking the city because he doesn't know what he's doing. This is Superman saying, "No, we've already had this big peninsula, you know, these big gigantic battles before. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take Doomsday out of the equation and I'm gonna punch him into fucking space where nobody can get hurt." So you know what exactly else it does? Like I was saying. Superman learned his shit. You know what else it does good. that vindicates it again from Man of Steel? Is whereas Man of Steel completely didn't acknowledge the yellow sun and whatnot, except for when they talked about it in the beginning. It He's like, he'll totally be more powerful on this. Very, very, very vaguely, right before he right. starts to fly, they, they, he kind of does this like breathing thing while he's. Yeah. There's a bright, sh- sh- you know, like. Yeah. So what they do in Man of Steel is like, he's like, oh, you're not used to Kryptonian atmosphere, which is what's on the ship. So now you're weak and whatnot. Like, they kind of take away from the Superman gets his power from the yellow sun kind of thing in that. And this completely reverses that. This is like, okay, we get it. We fucked up. This is where he gets his power. Excellent. It's just no, no, no. It was the LEDs on the ship that were that were like red sun LEDs <laughs> rather than yellow sun LEDs. It's, it's a little bit... Um, that's not quite there because... Uh, Jor-El actually does say in the mo- the beginning of the movie, like, she's... Like, when... Uh, um, yeah, he says, he says he'll be a god to them. Yeah, like that's no, I get that. Like that's his, that's his, the thing. His they, cells they, will drink its rays. Yeah, they yeah. do say that, but then at the same time, they're like, "Oh, well, you're now on a Kryptonian ship with Kryptonian atmosphere, so mm. that completely negates the fact that you're a solar fucking battery." Yeah. Well, so <laughs> this this kind of doesn't this it makes that go away without yeah. really in so much as saying, "Okay, that was wrong." Yeah. So, 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 side note about the nuke scene uh, uh, is pretty. I was pr- I was pretty interested in what kind of a tracking system they were using with those those, those nukes shut the fuck up <laughs> like, like, i know what he, he's like, like uh, we're just gonna aim it up there and then uh we totally can don't track superman because we put a thing on him you know or shut, like, the what? shut the fuck up <laughs> what? no I, I i get where he's saying because he's like he's like uh uh target number two was superman he didn't come back yeah, like yeah, that. Like, like what? That, that and the, how just, do you know they didn't come back at the same time, motherfucker? Like that and just planting a nuke on Superman. Like I'm not sure, but I don't think any of our current tracking systems really no. work on. No. Superman. Yeah, especially not at the speeds. Like Superman is flying you know, like several. Miles Batman ahead didn't of our... put a tracker on him, so no. there's no. no way. Which Batman would be the only person okay. who could? But so anyway, anyways, we get the crash back to Earth yeah. of object number one, Doomsday. Doomsday, Doomsday. Yeah. which was cool. And then we get Batman distracting him, leading him back to the harbor, which is deserted, with a couple rounds from his uh, airplane, and then gets the shit kicked out of his airplane. Yeah. And right as Doomsday is about to just fucking obliterate Second. him. <laughs> Probably, is like, ah, fuck, of my I'm top mortal. three favorite lines, that that's going to be one of them, which is when the plane crashes and, and he sees ah, Doomsday. shit. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> just says, oh, shit, and you're like, hell yeah. And there, like anything, God, anything that's, anything that's got Batman going, oh shit! Like, okay, that's serious now. Hell yeah! Mm. And yeah. then fucking Doomsday opens his mouth. Out comes the bright white light, and ah, Wonder. We have Wonder Woman. The appearance of her in full fucking armor, and this to me, oh, 
this is one of those like this was an amazing thing the way he did it. I loved it. I thought it was great. The music, fuck you. Was oh, good. dude, I was so on board. No, I was that, so fucking hard. I, so no. hard. When that bass dropped, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> no, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the shit out of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I but, just didn't think there had to be such a contrast in score yeah, because just, of it. We're just saying you're wrong. I didn't. Yeah, um, you're fucking wrong. It's fine. You can have your wrong no, opinions. And, it's and, okay. And I love it. And we talked about this earlier when like, Superman's like, who's she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a great look. Which again, again, this is one of the big fucking payoff scenes in the movie. Why was that line in the trailer? Again, you're right. Again, you're I right. Can't, I can't... No, I, I can't stress <laughs> enough how much you're right about the fucking marketing around this particular movie because they gave way way too much away so like so, everything that was in the trailers should have not been and the ultimate scenes for the trailers just weren't there like again you're saying like the batman in the corner that would have been awesome in the trailer okay mm-hmm. we know that batman's badass we know that even cops are afraid of him like boom enough said small bit of superman don't allude to Wonder Woman at all, or maybe allude to it, but don't even show her. The, the, so, just the slightest of hints would have been fine. Yeah, showing so, so even, showing, even showing Wonder Woman line of "I'm not the woman you think I am." Or, showing you know yeah, you've never exactly. met a woman that like showing Gal Gadot as that, and then not showing her in the Wonder Woman costume, Fuck not yeah. releasing stills of that. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So I I don't know if you guys have noticed. Uh, but and, and maybe this is for the for the listeners of the left. Uh, maybe this is the reason that we all rate the movie so highly, despite the fact that we're picking it apart. Is that a lot of the things that we're picking apart are really the same things over and over again? Yeah, like 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 they did a few things wrong. They kind of kept doing it wrong throughout the whole movie slash the whole marketing hey, process and everything like that right exactly exactly Here's it's, the it's thing, not like, like they didn't they, it's not like they screwed up like a whole bunch of things they screwed up a few things everything but they just that we're saying came back yeah. everything that we're saying shouldn't have been in the trailers we loved about the movie oh yeah we just shouldn't have known about it ahead of time we just wanted to be surprised yeah. and again and I was at least at the Doomsday part. You were, you were. <laughs> I saw Wonder Woman. You were thirty percent ignorant when it came to and this that movie. Was enough. I was like, I was, exactly. I was on fucking board a thousand percent. Exactly. Like, I was like no. Doomsday. Honestly, that ah. was like as soon as the movie was over, and you were like, "Well, I didn't know they were going to put Doomsday in it." I was like, "That would be beautiful if I was that in that position." Fucking like, great. Like, perfect. Yeah. It's like what's he yeah. doing? And, and I'm going to go on record. I'm going to go on record right now. I'm. I'm going to go on record as saying I'm the kind of guy that when the trailer came out, I was like, I don't have a problem with it. It's fine. I'm not as fine now because I'm like, I saw how amazing would it shit. be to have been you yeah. during that scene? Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. It, probably when you saw the trailer, there was the assumption that, hey, there's a whole bunch of other shit that they're not actually showing me. And there and wasn't. Then, See, and then it's like, uh, they you, think that if they show you, you it, but they don't like give you every point of well, the plot and here's that it's the, thing, the same like, thing. Because of the fact that I totally... I'm on the internet all the time. There was a, a big kerfluffle, if you will, about Michael Shannon being on the set. Yeah, we talked about that. And being locked in the thing. And then all of a sudden, like the next week, Michael Shannon's like, no, I don't know what they're talking about. I wasn't even there. At that point, I knew he was there. So here's the thing that makes this about 3,000 times more stupid. 
Um, the reason that we get a lot of the stuff that in the trailers that we did that we we really shouldn't have is because somebody's like, dude, we we got to put this cool shit in the trailer. They're not gonna go see it, guys. Guys, they're gonna see it. You could have just put the fucking title up there: Batman versus Superman. Yeah, you sold a million dollars in tickets, like just by saying like Batman and Superman. Like, you needed nothing else. Batman v Superman. The movie sells out. The done. Don't even do anything else. Done. That's. It's exactly why Star Wars worked so well, and why they had to show so little in the trailers, because. All you needed was those tiny, tiny little tidbits, it's, and you were on fucking it's board. It's honestly one of three things that people remember about I Am Legend. Yeah. Yep. The the scene where the like he's chasing the fucking lion through uh, it was, the city. It was stri- or, it was through uh, Times Square. Yeah, and, and then I'm, there's the big billboard Batman versus Superman. Like it's one yeah. of the few things there's that no people actually fucking it's gave the a bat shit. Signal with yeah. the super. Yeah, there's That's no all it fucking was. words, and I remember watching that movie, and I'm like. I want to fucking see that movie. Yeah, you yeah. put that on the marquee. I will brave vampires. People are there. I'm down. Like, let's do yeah. this. Fuck, yeah, yeah. fuck the world. I want to see this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly Which, it. Which apparently vampires are going to happen soon. Society's guys. had its no. run. We <laughs> need to see the Batman versus Superman. Um. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's just. And here's the thing. Like, um, again, pulling from Hollywood Babylon, I remember specifically like there was a period of time where Kevin Smith was just like. Okay, so there was this dude, and he was an extra, and he went on record as saying that uh, Robin's going to be in this movie, and it's it's going to be the girl Robin from uh, Dark Knight Returns, and Carrie this, that, Kelly, and the other thing. Stephanie? And it's going to be Jenna Malone. Yeah. And, okay, so yeah, he was right. Jenna Malone was in the movie originally. Not as Robin, though. Like, mm-hmm. now that we know that, but... I think that's probably the, the the reason why so much of this stuff was given a, given to us for free was because there was a lot of rumors flying. And yeah, but I, I think you just go with it, though. So at that how point. the fuck do they keep Star Wars 7 so quiet? Yeah, I, I think you just go with it. I think you just let people think whatever they're going to think. And then you put out the movie you're going to put out anyway. And people are going to like it. Yeah, to but me, do, do, that's we got- better. We got this is we got this immediately from the trailers, even with Star Wars: um, The Force Awakens. Like Ray's parentage is probably one of the hottest contested contested uh, topics right now. It's Luke. It probably is Luke. It's Luke. But I mean, we've been talking about this Luke. since literally the first time she appeared on on screen well, in the trailer. And here's the deal, man. That shouldn't change the movie you make. That shouldn't change the marketing materials. Like no. you, you don't you don't go and deny that in the marketing material. Like, okay. What the hell? Okay, but here's the thing, like. Warner Brothers at the time this movie was being released, like the gag order or the uh, NDA, the non-disclosure that extras had to sign and whatnot, it's like a $5 million fine if you release information or whatever. For sure. Mm -hmm. You're talking Disney? You're going to end up with your head fucking sticking out of the sand in the desert. That's why. That's why episode seven shit didn't leak. You're going to be Ed Stark. Right. Yeah. So... I mean, that's just one of those. That's, that's like, you know, we're Disney. We're going to murder you. That's, yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. why we had no clue as to the plot of episode seven when it came out. And there was a lot of speculation. There was a fucking shit ton of speculation. Oh, Luke's a dark Jedi. Blah, blah, blah. There's not oh, the other yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Goddamn. Nope. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's wrap up. Uh, the big part of this movie. I mean, Doomsday, we get the fight. And to sum it up, the short of it is Superman Okay, this is actually a part that's kind of stupid too because, uh, okay, so maybe Batman shouldn't be the one to carry the spear and stab uh, uh, Doomsday with it. Why couldn't Wonder Woman do that? Uh, because she Wonder- was busy be- holding no, him off. Honestly, here's here's the thing, 
and I, I I will take this to my fucking grave and in, in, in the defense of this particular portion of it. Number one, this is the one moment where Superman has decided that he's not the hero that Earth needs. He's the hero that Earth deserves. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so that was a terrible pull. Yeah. But uh, no, this is the thing. Wonder Woman had him totally tied up with the lasso, which one of my favorite fucking scenes of uh, the last third of the movie. See, now that was a badass reveal. Seeing the lasso. I'm so glad they didn't put that in the trailer. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't put that yeah. in the trailer. No, that was awesome. So she had him tied up with this, with the fucking lasso and shit. So she Batman. should have interrogated him. Lasso of truth. Hello. Right. <laughs> Batman. Batman obviously couldn't Why are you do it. Here? <laughs> and I honestly do think this is this was this was meant to showcase Superman coming into his own as a as a hero. Like he'd saved people before, but this is him being a fucking hero. This is and to Batman's point, um, this is Superman being brave. Yeah, this is this is and him, this is this where is, Bryce is. This is him counteracting all of the dialogue that Batman said about him during the fight, which was perfect at the time. But you know, he's realizing that this is a circumstance where where he needs to become more right. So, and to me, this was one of the coolest scenes of the movie because when the movie came out and months leading up to the movie, like, and Eddie and I have talked about this, we knew that the Dark Knight Returns was a good source of info that this movie pulled from. Like this is, this was no surprise. I had no fucking clue, even knowing that doomsday was going to be in the movie that they were going to pull from the death of Superman story. Yeah. So that is probably the money shot of this movie. That I, there I had was even no, more not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was no clue about this, but they actually do go the death of Superman route with this movie. Um, so in the death of Superman originally happened, I think at doomsday's hands, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, in a in a somewhat similar manner, this to, was. To this, what happened I mean, it was a knockdown yeah. drag out. There was no other heroes involved necessarily yeah. in this, but this was a knockdown drag out. Doomsday died, and then Superman fucking went down for the count. Like because they fucking stabbed him through the fucking chest with his shit, just like he did. There was, there was, yeah. yeah, there was. Anyway, so this is actually probably one of my favorite parts of the movie because a I had no clue it was coming. Um, and I never suspected it even for a second. Like nice. I never, I never thought they would do the death of Superman, even with Doomsday's involvement. And I've read that comic. Um, so I, I, I never expected that to happen, which was really fun to see on screen. Um, just because I didn't know, know about it. And it's a good story. Like it, it's a good way to go with the character. The second reason that this is my favorite part of the movie or one of my favorite parts of the movie is that it's what I think is going to lead to a big part of the next movie involving Batman, which is that this is where we learn that not only uh, um, is is Bruce completely wrong about Superman and and uh, what he'll go through for the world, um, but this is, I think, the part where Bruce becomes inspired to go back to being, uh, you know, I'm assuming a lot of things, but go back to being the Batman that's fighting for, you know, justice, not just... Yeah. I- it's gonna be it's gonna be Batman versus Superman to the search for Superman. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I loved the following scene as far as this goes, which um it was um Bruce Wayne and and uh, well, I mean we we get a little bit of dialogue between Amy Adams and Martha Kent as far as that goes. She gives him the ring that Superman had mail ordered or what the fuck ever. You know, yeah, he's like, he bought he, it on he, Amazon. He, yeah. You can't buy it on Amazon because she's totally she's in the prime, so she she would know. 
Yeah, and she get an email notification. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe he's that's like incognito. That's yeah. why. That's why she shipped. He shipped it to her. But anyway, so we have that little bit of dialogue, and that's kind of cute and whatnot. But then, like, you see the dialogue between um, Bruce and Diana, and the whole time it's being cut between two scenes. There's a big military style funeral with a big black casket with the Superman symbol on it and whatnot, and then there's a small procession being led through the wheat fields of Kansas and shit like that. Um, which honestly the imagery in this is fucking breathtaking i i love the imagery of this particular scene and this is what Zack Snyder's good at right very good. more so though i love the dialogue between bruce and diana because bruce is mm-hmm. he's pissed off he's like they're they're burying an empty casket in metropolis or doing whatever yeah and like then you see wonder woman or, or um diana prince and she's like they don't know how to honor him you know they they don't they don't they can't do him justice and stuff like that and the dialogue that that goes from there, and then and then bridges into Bruce Wayne of all people, and this is the part that was totally new to me, and I thought was totally awesome, was we got to find the others, mm. you know, because Bruce Wayne was always a reluctant member of the Justice League, and the only reason he was a member of the Justice League, as far as the comics are concerned, was more so to keep an eye on them than to be part of a team. This is different. This now, is now he's this, a founder. Yeah, this is Bruce going. No, we got to get these guys together. There's gonna be a fight. Yeah, you know. And then she's like, "How do you know there's gonna be a fight? Just gut feeling, you know." And I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that part. Um, I really <laughs> love the imagery of the scene. But the, one of the things that I was thinking as this was going through my head is like, you know, like five minutes ago they wanted to crucify Superman. Not they like. Uh, this is a little bit true even with uh, uh, Batman, but the people, the people, like yeah. they, they did a yeah. complete 180 on that. And maybe that's because now we've got a, you know, very clear, you know, sort of monster situation. It, it must be presumed or assumed that Lex is re- the, the uh, cause of this because he's locked up, you know, immediately after. So this is just another, like, I can see where the ratings come from a little bit because this is kind of a clunky way to tell the story. Like, you can put the dots together if you think a little bit about it, but um, you really shouldn't have necessarily had to. They also do pull a bit of a Lord of the Rings ending to this. Like, as in the end is like like maybe four seasons. One of the seven logical endings of the movie. Yeah. It kind of just keeps going for a while, and you're and it just kind of keeps. Honestly, on here's the thing: like the part of the part of me that's a comic book fan was just like, are they going to show Superman still alive? So I didn't I didn't care about that part. Like no, he fucking Inceptioned it. <laughs> like the fact oh, the yeah, fact yeah. that that movie had several points where it could have stopped to me yeah. was just more fodder for me because I was just like, is he going to come out of the casket? Like what's going to happen like he, he are we going to see a cut scene is there going to be a stinger where he's just like okay guys let's go gather up the rest you know <laughs> hey, I'm no i mean i'm serious and here's the yeah. thing let's get this motherfucker a tan there is lots of different ways they can go with this because we know henry cavill is in justice league mm-hmm. but they could go a, a fucking shit ton of different ways they, I, they could go kevin costner pot can't i no i don't think they flashbacks. will i don't <laughs> think they i don't think they'll do this but they could do either a cyborg Superman, because he still looked like Superman, so they could still have Cavill come back for that role. Yeah, they could have the Eradicator. I don't think they're going to do a Superman. I don't. They no. might. They might, but uh, I can't see yeah, that fitting think, into a movie. Honestly, it's just going to be Superman. No, I, I think we, you're probably we right. This, we see this at the end of the movie, like they do. You know, like you said, Inception, which is funny because that's the exact same thing him. I thought. 
Well, you said Inception? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, One of fuckers said Inception. <laughs> but that's the exact same thing I thought. And, you know, the specific moment is you start to see the dirt rise off the casket. You know, yeah. lo- the, mm-hmm. the, the dirt Lois uh, threw in. And the only way you can interpret that is that he's alive. This is not like an Inception moment where it's like, uh, is he in the dream? Is he not in the dream? Is the blah, ring going to keep spinning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This well, is like, he's alive. The end. Then like, here's the thing. Like, we, we get know a he's alive. Movie. What we don't know is what are the... Uh, uh, what's the fallout in the next movie? And that's the question that I have and that, that I'm really interested in. The second part of this is that I'm really interested in is that now we get to go to the Justice League and presumably at some point we're going to get some badass Bruce Clark, you know, bro bro out, you know, like friendship thing that we're used to seeing in the comics. And that's what I'm really excited for because um, the the friendship in the comics in a lot of places is sort of based on this mutual respect. Like, Clark now knows... Bruce could kick his ass if he wanted to. Like Bruce has Bruce has an ace in the hole at any given time. Likewise, Bruce also knows that Clark is a legit badass and will legitimately sacrifice himself for the greater good if need be. Yeah, he knows mm-hmm. he knows that Clark is inher- not necessarily inherently a threat, but th- you know, this is the other element of mutual respect that I like about this. Clark um I can't remember which book this is from, but there's a book where Clark essentially gives Superman a kryptonite bullet. Uh, sorry, Clark gives Batman a super a super, uh, kryptonite bullet. The idea being that he's the only person in the world he trusts to have it because a he knows that uh, Bruce will use it if necessary, and b won't use it. He he trusts the wrong purposes. He trusts yeah. him right. that much. Um, so I, I cannot wait, and I hope we get a similar scene to that in the Justice League movie. Uh, um, I, the ending part, you know, where we we see Bruce and Diana talking and you know talking about the others, like, again, I think that's better set for Stinger material. I think they should have probably ended on the the casket and the dirt rising, but, you know, whatever. Here's the thing, man. I didn't It didn't bother me that much. For as many issues as, as we've had with the movie, and, I mean, granted, again, it's not like there's a ton of issues. It's just the same issue repeated multiple times and whatnot and for every fucking critic or fan that didn't like the movie what you have to respect about this movie besides the performances because we'll go into that here in a few minutes but what you have to respect about this movie is at this point the sky is the fucking limit there's nothing that they can't do now with the stage that they've set with this movie and we already know that we've got we already know that we've got Wonder Woman, and that's coming out. We know we're getting a Batman flick in 2018. We're also getting a Flash flick in 2018. And in 2017, we get not only Wonder Woman, but Justice League Part 1. Okay, so we know that we've got these things coming down the pipe, but we don't know necessarily how we're going to get there. We'll find out more in, in Wonder Woman and then when Justice League comes out. But there's a shit ton of things that they can do. And as long as they don't fucking blow the lead we're good yeah. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that's marketing from Just here on out is key shit out of the previews yeah that's it like There's marketing so much... is so important in this day and age like it's ridiculous and and we've made fun of the fact that disney marketed episode seven out the fucking wazoo and they did but they didn't give anything away but they gave At nothing all. away until At opening all. night like you and me i had no clue what the fuck was going on you, going in there at all we're standing in line for the 10 o'clock showing mm-hmm. everybody that came out of the previous showing was completely respectful mm-hmm. nobody said anything 
We're standing in there, and we don't know what the hell is going on until the crawl starts. Not at all. Yeah. That's and it was the, amazing. It's exactly the way it should be. It was amazing. So uh, to, to be fair to episode seven, they're not drawing off any source material. So that's true. Yeah, you, you know, there, but, there's but Batman Superman didn't have to draw off source material either. Like the fact that they did shouldn't negate the fact that they gave too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, and I don't even know that I'd give you that point. Obviously, episode seven's being spawned by the original trilogy. Like they they essentially okay. threw out okay. the yeah, yeah, like yeah, true. There's a lot of stuff that could happen, and there's a lot of things you could assume from that. But anyway, yeah. let's let's wrap this up. Let's put a bow on this this bad boy here. Um. Uh, so I, I do want to talk a little bit quickly about performances. Yeah. A motherfucking Ben Affleck, man. Like every, everything about Ben Affleck's Batman was exactly everything that I hoped it could be. Uh, I, I, I hope dear God, please let there be a standalone Affleck Batman. Uh, I don't care what part of it, if it's before, uh, Don justice, if it's after, if it's during, I don't even care if it's like the side movie where he, he, like I said, he just eats cookies and drinks coffee the whole time. He runs a taco stand. Yeah. Yeah. If he runs a taco stand, <laughs> this I'm will like, be Ben Affleck's on version board. of the talented Mr. Ripley. Secondarily, <laughs> th- there's another tertiary rumor. So if we've, you know, I've already teased, there may be some involvement from Jeff Johns. Amazing. The other rumor that I've heard is that Affleck may direct it. In that's, which case, and that's becoming stronger as we go because I heard uh, that months and months ago and I'm still hearing it today. In so which that's, case, if that's the case, um, I am so on board. Like I, uh, yeah. Like here, here's the thing. Affleck is a talented actor, but to this to this point, the only people I've ever seen get Affleck to perform the way Affleck can is a Kevin Smith because, and this is not just me being a fan. Like Chase Amy fucking awesome movie yeah affleck's performance in jersey girl still amazing even though that movie was critically panned and whatnot like he still it wasn't that bad a movie no it wasn't and affleck was great in it yeah um and then the only other person that can direct him is ben yeah but now obviously we know that snyder can direct him too because he he was amazing in this fucking movie too well no um okay but was he amazing gone girl come on I wouldn't go that far. I was just going to say Ben's good in a lot of things. He he's obviously been in some pretty shit projects too. But Ben's good in a lot of things, and I don't think that that that's necessarily the only people that can direct him. But here's what I will say: one of the things that Ben's shown, aside from being an amazing Batman, is he's a really good director. Like all the yeah. things he he's directed have been basically amazing. Yeah. Um. So there's and you know the other thing that we've talked about on the show too is that. Ben is a big fan. Like Ben is as much like when I was talking to my wife about this, I said, you know what? Ben Affleck being cast as Batman. Like I bet this was for him. Like it would be if I were cast as Batman, like first off, nobody would ever fucking do that. Why would you do that? But if I were cast as Batman tomorrow, it'd be like the, like I'd be so happy. I'd probably cry. Like it's, it would be the best thing that's ever been. And Ben's probably that same way about that. Well, and that's kind of the thing for me too, is I'm, I'm looking at this going, did Ben perform in this performance or in this movie because Zach directed him well, or is it because Affleck legitimately is invested in the character? Like, and I got to believe that's, that's, that's mostly it is, is he understands what the Batman is to him. And he understands what the Batman is to a lot of people. Um, Kevin Smith posted a big Facebook article or, or post recently about, um, how even though he and Ben haven't talked in years, uh, he still remembers 
when they were filming, I can't remember if it was Chasing Amy or Jersey Girl. I think it was Chasing mm-hmm. Amy. Um, he remembers when they were filming that and Ben sitting on the floor of his condo, like reading Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns for the first time, you know, going through it and everything like that. And how much he loved the story and and just comic books in general, like just the the real Ben, the Ben that most of us don't know because yeah. he got instantly famous, mm-hmm. maybe not instantly, but he got insanely famous relatively quickly and had to put on the mask of what it, what we perceive as as famous people should act like and whatnot. Um, and it, it's kind of heartbreaking almost reading it because like Kevin Smith, as much as he's like, well, I haven't talked to him in years, but I wish him the best and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things that, I think Ben is probably the guy in Hollywood right now that can do this job without it seeming like a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christian yeah. Bale, as much as we like Christian Christian Bale's Batman, it was never anything more than a role for him. Yeah, he didn't have the connection. Right. And, and actually, I'll say that about a lot of the cast. Um, Cavill as Superman amazing like i really like cavill superman i really like what he's done so far i do wish that they would give him a little bit more um death of superman i think actually is one of the better things that they've done with this character in in this franchise so far but i think there's a lot of places that they could go with cavill superman that they haven't quite touched on yet i i don't want to say he's been um entirely mishandled but i think they're leaving a lot on the plate as far as what they could do with him most of the cast of this movie is really good Gal, Gal gadot uh, sorry for the mispronouncing your name for the last, you know, whatever, 20 episodes or something. Um, uh, Gal Gadot is actually really good as Wonder Woman. I really enjoyed her. Everything was great about that. She's listening and she's super fucking pissed. Yeah. Amy Adams, who I wasn't too hot on before. Great job as Lois Lane. This movie mm-hmm. has me like solidified. She's great. Um, but you know, sorry, Jesse Eisenberg, just stop, yeah. stop it. Just stop it. Quit. That's really, <laughs> just- <laughs> That's really the only point of the movie, though. That's that's that. The yeah, that's the, low the, the, the glaring thing for me yeah. is is that. I mean, obviously, there's some things that are rushed. Um, yeah. There's some things that were spoon fed to us when they didn't need to be, and there's other things that weren't explained to us when they should have been. Um, but overall, I still stand by my rating of four out of five or seven or eight out of ten um, on this movie. And again. Anybody listening to this maybe thinks that we're shitting on the movie or whatnot. That's not the case. Um, it's just that if you're going to, here's the thing, like you got to either do a movie that's going to appeal to everyone that understands the source material, or you have to do a movie that you don't have to know anything about it to understand. Well, see, my- and they kind of, they, they tried to, they tried to split the difference and it didn't work. Yeah. Well, all right, I'm going to wrap up. Um, my, my final thought on this movie is that it's definitely flawed. There are definitely parts of it that, like, I see the critical ratings, and I think they're being a little harsh, but I understand them. They're not like, there's it's not like one of those, like, there's no basis in reality. Like, I can't believe that this possibly got that score. I, um, I do see the critical ratings, and I do think that a lot of the things that they're talking about is, is justified. We went over this a lot in this podcast. There are a lot of problems with this movie. Um, but I think that, you know, being comic book fans, this is probably one of the movies that I felt was most for us. Um, the Marvel movies, I think all appeal to a wide audience and there's the occasional nod here and there. But I think that this movie was sort of like, if you read the comics, 
a lot more of this shit makes a lot more sense to you. And, and I think that that was, you know, part of what you're saying about, you know, like not spoon feeding us some of this stuff. A lot of the things that I'm hearing is complaints about this movie seem like they really shouldn't be complaints. They just weren't spoon fed directly to you. Um, so, you know, overall, like it, well, like I said at the beginning, six or seven out of 10, that that's a damn good score. And, um, you know, I'm still really looking forward to the justice league. This is, this is not a like Spider-Man three. Like God, I don't want to see that ever again. Uh, this I is... still haven't watched that a second time. <laughs> yeah, I no, I saw it once. I saw it in theater, and I was like, oh my god! Like I, I saw the midnight showing. You know, yep, when I yep. when I, when you watch something in the theater, a lot of the times you tend to gloss over what's terrible about it. And I think, you know, I'm probably doing that a little bit with this movie. But like Spider-Man three, I walked out of it and I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? Um, Amazing Spider-Man two. Um, was sort of not quite that but like it was kind of like a you know it's got problems and there were parts i didn't like but you know not not the worst thing ever um this this movie i'm i'm still on board like i'm thinking about going and seeing it again yeah which i think speaks volumes i i will definitely be seeing it again um i think i don't i I don't know I, i i think i didn't have largely the there's the same amount of problems that that sounds like you guys did with it uh you know i I, I didn't think Lex was, Lex was great, but I was okay with it. Um, but but yeah, generally the flaws are kind of kind of they're they're thematic. There are certain flaws that that just kind of come up a few times. And I you know other than that, great movie. The performances, fantastic. Generally, uh, yeah, Lex Lex was you know, over the top or whatever. But yeah, uh, generally, other than the pacing in the first first act and some of the second act. Uh, the movie killed it for me. I loved it. Yeah, for me, I didn't have huge problems with it. Again, um, and I'm going to side with Eddie on this, marketing was huge for this, and it should have been done differently. Even even not seeing Doomsday, I thought they put too much in the marketing. Yeah. Um, so you got that going for it. Um, I wasn't a fan of, of Eisenberg's Lex, um, and I understand that I don't have to be a fan in order uh, for this movie to happen. Cause obviously it happened, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have done a couple things differently as far as that goes. Um, and then just, just the bridging between acts, I think was probably the, its biggest issue. Pacing obviously was, was going to be an issue from the get go because of the ambition of this particular story, um, especially tying in two storylines and and now that we're we're done with the overall synopsis I can I can talk about it um the Dark Knight returns is an ambitious story on its own let alone trying to tie in the death of Superman as well um in fact the only thing that I could think of that would be more ambitious would be trying to do the um nightfall Batman oh, series and the death God. of Superman which honestly happened within two years of each other yeah, in, and, in that, comic books, Nightfall's been done. Obviously, right. they wouldn't do that again in a movie. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of a hard thing to do, um, just in terms of overall pacing and whatnot. So, yeah, there was there was issues with trying to pack too much into the movie, and then and then getting from point A to point B. But honestly, the overall like the first, second, and third act were all well done like the acts themselves were well done it was just getting from one one to another that was lacking yeah 
Okay, everybody, that's the show for this week, um, or the one of the shows for this week, because I think that's we're going to have a regular episode. Yeah, we do have another show coming up. Yep. So that's one of our shows for this week. This has been our Dawn of Justice roundtable. Um, tell us how we did. Uh, you can tweet us at whatever show. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatever show. Send your questions and so forth. And, you know, opinions about um, um, Dawn of Justice to questions at whatever.co. And yeah, please we- do, because that mailbox literally has fucking cobwebs in it. Yeah. Um we would also Nobody love your feedback far. and ratings. Uh you know, goddamn, if you're if you're already three and a half hours into the show and you're still listening, y- why not? Y- ten more minutes, go give us a rating on I iTunes. Will, I will suck your dick for a nickel. That's a promise. He means an iTunes rating. No, um, no, no, no. Anybody anybody emails whatever and mentions this, I'll suck your dick for a nickel. Okay, Other than those present right now. That's a deal, too. This is, like, in California, this is a binding contract. So, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Good thing we're not in California. Although, um, you do have a 30-day buyer's remorse period if you're in California, yeah. by law. And you're going to have to sign a non-disclosure agreement, I'll tell you that right up front. Yeah. <laughs> Which All means right. you can still get your dick sucked, you just can't yeah, talk about it. Yeah, you just can't tell it. anybody. <laughs> Like I said, folks, we warned you, we warned you at the top of the show. We, we, we do gonna... try to earn the explicit tag. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll see you with the regular show um, shortly. All right, later. later. Good night.